does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. It's Kevin and Query. I throw, you catch. It's not that hard, okay? All right, get the out of here. I'm going to talk a lot about drills and fundamentals. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. On 93.5. Watch it. And 107.5. Boom, baby. The Fan. I just asked Mark, today, said, hey, uh, while you're up, because he's looking for headsets, can you dim the lights a little bit? Because it was like, it, literally, I was... It was like an incubator in here. It was just a star that bounces and, and, off of you. You're such a bright star in this city. Now, all of a sudden, it's mood lighting in here. Yeah. Like, I play a little light I, jazz for I, you this I morning. I feel like a guy's going to come in with a Chardonnay for me. Hey, good morning. Miles to you. Davis up next with some smooth jazz <laughs> this morning. A, on a Thursday, my name is Jay Quarry. That is Mark Dyke and James Adams capably filling in, flying the Millennium Falcon for us this morning. It is Kevin and Quarry here on 935. And 107.5, the fan. I mean, I have completely pulled a Jake this morning because I walked in. I still can't get into Microsoft Office, of all things, because it says the computer administrator is like, you're locked out. And, of course, no one works here right now because <laughs> everyone's right. on break except for us. And then I was like, oh, wait, I need a headset, and there's no adapter. So, so, so I'm me, literally flying so at the seat of my pants Allow right me now. to ask you. Sure. By saying this, are you indicting yourself on stooping to the level of my morning routine or are you confessing to the fact that there are certain things that for whatever reason take place that are out of and beyond your control i think it wasn't beyond my control it was just a fact that there was multiple things that were going on that i got sidetracked by but yeah it happens i i I don't know if i'm planning to Stare out the window and scream at the sun when it arrives late, later today. But well, you're not going to see it today, so that that's not going to be an issue. It is pretty warm, though. I, warm. I walked out, and I was like, I don't need this big winter jacket, but I'm not going back inside right now. So, uh, 50 degrees. Yeah, 54 today. It's going to be 65 a week from today, which is good. A lot to talk about this morning, including, and we will get pretty deep into, I will imagine... Coming up in about 20 minutes or so, we'll really do a deep dive on the Colts quarterbacking situation and a domino that might have fallen that affects them for next year. That remains to be seen. We'll talk certainly to Zach Kiefer about that when we he joins us at 9 o'clock this morning. Scott Agnes going to join us at 8.30 this morning. Pacers in action tonight. They are hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers, as we learned yesterday, are defenders of the king, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we and or, or, or a cocker spaniel of some sort. I think yeah, is what yeah, we that's right, that's figured right. out. A spaniel dog. There's a cavalier. Spaniel. Yeah, or yeah. or just totally ambivalent about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, did you happen to watch? Uh, what did you do last night? Anything in particular? Nothing. To, well, I was putting together uh, for the website a top five best sports moments in Indiana. In 2022, yeah, I did one of those end of year lists that everybody's like, ah, I'm sick of these. I'm like, well, I'm doing one. It's nice and easy. Okay, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was. Actually, thinking of five best moments in Indiana sports, it's kind of been a rough year, but I got it done. But and then I'm going to do a worst moments, which I think that would actually be that'll be pretty easy. Actually, did you go to the last five Colts games? (laughs) I was going to say it might be pretty Colts heavy uh, when it's all said and done. But there will be a a top five worst moments coming. So this is on the website. This is on the website, my friend. 
because I'm curious what you would have as number one because nothing jumps out at me. Is it obvious? Like, is there one that it's like, come on, man, you're totally missing the obvious? I feel like there's something. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to go through the list now or do you want me to pepper it around throughout the show or what do you want here? Well, I'd like for people to go to the website. Okay, that'd be good. Uh, I would say... Let me ask you what, this. What, what do you think How is many, the best story? You have five, right? There's five, yeah. There's How five. many different sports do you include? Let's see. One. Five. I mean, sports or teams? Sports. Teams. Uh, sports. So one, two, three, four. Wow, okay. Four different sports. One, two. No, three. What? <laughs> I looked. Well, because one is a. I'll just let one of the cats out of the bag. One is the number number four is the Manti Teo documentary that was on Netflix. I felt like that was a pretty good. You think that was a great Indiana sports moment? That's a dry year if that's listed as the. Indiana I think it was because moment. of all the people, like of all the stories you heard about it leading up to it and stuff, people kind of forgot about it. And then you actually got because you watched it. You saw how much, like, in hindsight, everybody's like, ah, yeah, we were probably, like, ridiculing the guy that was wrong and stuff. I'm telling you, it was kind of a rough year for five best moments. I guess. So that was there. Clearly. The the 106th Indianapolis 500. Scott Dixon looking like he was going to run the field, and then that all happened. And Marcus Erickson took it. That's in there. Um Purdue basketball, not only their Sweet 16 run. Purdue would be up there just the they're, they're up so there. dominant. The Carson Wentz trade, which that was that was brighter days back for the Colts, but that was the fact that they got what they got for Carson Wentz, that's right up there. Number one, I'm just going to tell them, uh, tra- trading for Tyrese Halberton and Buddy Heald for the Pacers. Yeah, that's that strong. was a franchise-changing trade, in my opinion. Fair. Sabonis, looks like a win-win for both Sacramento and Indiana, but I mean... The Pacers just seem like they're they've got their star rising right now after that trade, and that you know if that trade doesn't happen, we might be you know meandering through another you know mediocre Pacers season. Again, Pacers in action tonight, uh, hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. That game seven o'clock at the Fieldhouse. Cleveland coming in on a two-game skid. So last night in college football, I watched. There were a couple of really good games. Um, should I mention the sponsors with each name of the bowl oh, games? Oh, you wanted me to do it yesterday. I, I, will I give implore credit. you to. Hey, I'll give credit to Arkansas's coach. Arkansas had a 30-13 to lead on Kansas. And so I'm, you know, I mean, I went to KU my freshman year. I, I've never really gotten into, maybe I have, I don't know, just what, like, the, my year at Kansas meant. But it's only been recently that I've kind of like embraced KU a little bit as kind of as part of my story. But so I and kind of liked them. So I thought, okay, you know, I'll watch a little of this. Well, I turned it on. It was 30 to 13. I went back to what I was doing. And then probably 35 minutes later, I get a text from a buddy of mine that goes, holy cow, are you watching this Kansas Arkansas game? So I flipped it over. It was 38 38. And I'm like, they're going to overtime here, right? So. It ended up going into triple overtime, 55-53 Arkansas wins. And it was there were it was a crazy finish. I mean, there were all kinds of crazy things. You know, we don't need to get into the nuances of the Liberty Bowl. But it was interesting, the Arkansas coach afterwards as he's being interviewed, and he was like elated. You'd have thought they won the national championship. And he's like, 
I'm just so proud that we were able to win the Liberty Bowl. And then he looks right at the camera. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl. <laughs> I'm like, man, the guys at AutoZone are loving it. And gals at Liberty at AutoZone are loving it, right? Uh, triple overtime. They win Arkansas 55-53. Then you said that you watched. Now, let me ask you this, Mark Dyke. Sure. Without looking. You watched the Holiday Bowl, right? Uh-huh. Can you name the sponsor? San Diego County Credit Union, I believe. Nice. Is one. Who, by the way, apparently did not make the final deposit on the field, right? Yeah, that field was a bit rough. It, it looked like a... It's in San Diego. Mm-hmm. What excuse do they have for not being able to water a field? Yeah. It looked like in... Uh, it looked it, like, a ba- like a Little League baseball diamond. In Dark Knight Rises, where Bane blows up Heinz Field. That's what it looked like <laughs> a little bit. Uh, that game, by the way, Oregon winning 28-27, right? Yeah. Go Ducks. That was good. That was a nice one. The the, the game-winning extra point, ricocheting off the goalpost and in. And then uh, North Carolina tried to tried to ha- mount a last-second comeback, and it fell short in the end zone. I, I did see last night after that game somebody who runs a blog that talks about the University of Oregon athletics. Uh-huh. Like in Indiana, you have peaks.com or you have golden black, you know, do you know what the one is for Oregon? Which no. is the Ducks, by the way. Uh, I would say Quack Daddy. Addicted to Quack.com. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. My, <laughs> that, my that daughter really my, is what it's called. My oldest daughter, Addison, was watching the game with me, and she likes mascots, obviously. Big fan of Blue and Rowdy and, and all that stuff, and Boomer. And uh, she goes, I, I showed her, the duck was you know, running around. She's like, what's his name? I said, the Oregon duck. She's like, no, but what's his name? I was like, the Oregon duck. She's like, I'm going to call him flower. I'm like, okay, that's so a cool. flower. The duck. That's cool. You know, uh, don't show her the video of when flower, the duck got in a fight. In his head oh, head. I know. It's I know. pretty awesome though. Now the, the Oriole, the Baltimore Oriole, you've heard me tell this before. Cute fellow. How'd you know that? You've mentioned it millions of times. The, the cute fellow. Yeah. You know why he's cute fellow? Because he's a cute fella. He is a cute fella, and he's on the hat, and he's got the big grin, and he's just saying, hey, root for me. That's all he's saying. You guys and, like Trey Mancini? They they just simply call it the Oriole, the, the Baltimore, or the Oriole the bird. Oriole bird. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that is so lame. Don't wear that at the Yankees game. And then though. I told you, but I got, I actually got the Baltimore Orioles official gift shop to make cute fella t-shirts. Hashtag cute fella with the big picture of it. Again, your, your star's so bright. <laughs> Even the Baltimore Orioles, like you know that mid-market guy in Indianapolis, we need to make That's a shirt right. for him. That's right. Uh, college basketball last night, by the way, Ball State winning seventy sixty-three over Chicago State, five and zero at home for Ball State. My buddy Tyrene Shelton, uh, Tyrene Tyrone Shelton sent a picture. <laughs> Tyrene uh, from the game. Tyrone used to be a Ball State cheerleader when he was uh, a Cardinal back in the day. So he's a big athletic supporter of, not literally, he's not a jockstrap, but he's a supporter of the athletics at Ball State. Went to the game and it looked like a pretty good crowd. Um, I still maintain, Mark, you know, Michael Lewis's bunch, they're playing, you know, Jerron Coleman had 16. They got Indiana kids. But it's a cool arena. Have you been to Worthen Arena? I have not. It's a cool arena. Like, it's a great place to go up um, and watch a game, you know, hour away. So You totally no-sold my Seinfeld reference, by the way. What, what was totally that? Totally no-sold it. Uh, you're talking about the Orioles, and I said, don't wear that at a Yankees game. Oh, I didn't even catch you're that. totally yeah. just over your head. You know, I'd like for you to wear that again, Elaine. We're going to have some fun with them, right? <laughs> I did get your... There, okay, now you got it. I had to bring it I to your so attention. I was fixed on cute fella that I wasn't thinking about it. Um, we'll get more into this, but what would what did you think, before we get to the Col- how it affects the Colts or doesn't or whether or not it will, 
Were you surprised at the news, just from an NFL standpoint, of Derek Carr yesterday? And for those that are unfamiliar, the Raiders yesterday announcing that Derek Carr has been replaced as the starter, and in addition to that, in addition to being replaced, he is not going to be around the team for the last two weeks, right? Yeah. So, of course, all the, you know, Schefter, Rappaport, all of them had the had the news yesterday that the Raiders are benching Derek Carr and turning to Jarrett Stidham as their new starting quarterback. Carr has thrown a league-leading 14 interceptions, including three in their Saturday night loss to the, the Steelers. Uh, Stidham has only 61 passes and never started an NFL game. Raiders... Uh, because of this news, Derek Carr stepped away from the team as to not be a distraction in the final two games. Well, I don't understand what that means. And I, I like Derek Carr. Because he's, he's not even going to be the backup, apparently. I don't even remember who their backup is. But, um, yeah, it, it's a very bizarre situation because the Raiders, by you know all accounts, are still in the playoff race in the AFC. And now you're turning to Jared Stidham in the final two games. And Derek Carr, who you just gave a three-year extension to in the offseason, is now stepping away from the team. And that creates a whole bunch of issues and curiosities uh, with what his status is going to be heading into 2023. And what the hell Josh McDaniels is doing over there. It's a very bizarre, bizarre situation for Kevin's uh, Super Bowl pick, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. So Derek Carr is one of only three quarterbacks do you know this Derek Carr is one of only three quarterbacks to lose nine games in six different seasons as a starter and he is the only to do it with one franchise Uh, the other two Jim Everett being one who would have done it with the Rams and the Saints and I believe the other is Vinny Testaverde I'll have to double check that stat but I believe it's Vinny Testaverde. But nonetheless, I I think that Derek Carr is a fascinating case because you wonder how many of those losses are Derek Carr. You know, is is he the prime example of a guy that if he's plucked out of that situation, people are going to go, you know what, this guy actually can play? Or has he been the guy holding back the Raiders from getting going now for half a decade. You know, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I feel like even last season when the Colts, before the Matt Ryan trade obviously happened, Derek Carr was a name that popped up. They'd be like, ooh, if you can get him, that'd be pretty good. And then the Raiders signed him an extension, like, all right, let's look elsewhere. And then, obviously, the Matt Ryan situation has happened. But, I mean, we aren't that far removed where Derek Carr was a possibility for coming to the Colts, and now he might be a possibility again. I'm like, oh my God, are we going to jump on this wagon again and do the song and dance with the veteran quarterback? I mean, I'm just curious what the Colts front office would think of this news. Are they like, ooh, if he becomes available, let's go get him. Are we going to go to the well again one more time with a veteran quarterback? Or are you actually going to rip the Band-Aid off and go quarterback in the draft? And I honestly don't know which way they'd go. I don't know which way they'd go with that. I could totally see them going after Derek Carr and like, you know what? We've taken care of a position now. Uh, we can address other needs on the offense, like the offensive line, wide receiver, this and that. Like, I could totally see them going after Derek Carr this offseason. I will again, and again, we'll get more into this coming up in about 15 minutes. But I have 
Well, Matt Taylor as well, the voice of the Colts. I mean, he and I have had that conversation on this radio station of our praise of Derek Carr. But what does that mean in terms of for the Colts, which is, you know, a different conversation? Uh, answer that, and, and I'll, I'll get into that more thoroughly when we get further into that uh, coming up here, about 15 minutes or so uh, from now. But this time of year is always just fascinating, Mark, because you get the coaching carousel beginning. And then and it feels to me, the one thing about the NFL now versus, say, you know, let's say 20 years ago. And maybe I'm just more in tune now than I once was. Maybe I pay closer attention because of my job than I did, like in college or as a, you know, as a kid, whatnot. But for me, it feels like the coaching carousel is more linked to quarterback stability than ever before. And the quarterback stability seemingly, or at least by feel, is much more – There's there is much more quarterback un- instability than there once was. Number one, I think players at the quarterbacking position in the NFL are getting thrown into the fire at a younger age – and again, I say that and people are going to go, Jake, what are you talking about? Peyton Manning started as a rookie. You know, Ryan Leaf started as a rookie. I'm sure, you know, Dan Marino started as a rookie, obviously, and had success right away. John Elway, understood. But they, I think also back then, players were given a longer amount of time to prove themselves before they were yanked because there wasn't necessarily – a little of this changed after Sam Bradford – because Sam Bradford was drafted, got a huge contract, and that was when they said, okay, enough of that. There are now going to be for first-year contracts, first contracts, you know, it's basically a set scale based right. on where you're drafted. Yeah, so, rookies that never played a down were getting were the highest-paid players in the NFL. It was outrageous. Correct. And so that changed things a little bit. But there was a time where um, – because of that big money that was involved, teams, I think, were more patient or, or gave bigger windows to let guys get their footing underneath them. And now it's like if a guy doesn't produce within 10 or 15 games, it's like, well, he's terrible. Get him out of here. And then now, you you know, Zach Wilson's a prime example oh, yeah. who has not played well. Don't get me wrong. But because Zach Wilson, like if New York had to stand – if New York in the old era had already had – $65 million tied into Zach Wilson, then you can bet they would still be going to him. And thus, if it doesn't work out, the coach is more on the hot seat because, well, now we've got to come up with a reason why the quarterback's not playing well to make him feel better about himself because we're getting him $65 million. And, and there are a lot of coaches, I think, the quarterback position is so important for the success of a coach that that's why – I would have concern as a Colts fan about Indianapolis if, I mean, we know that they are going to be searching for a head coach. If it's not Jeff Saturday, then how stable is the quarterbacking position in Indianapolis? Because that's what is going to, you can throw money at guys. You can throw facilities at guys, not literally, but you know. You can throw salary cap at them, all kinds of things to try to entice a coach to come to a franchise. But if you don't have a quarterback, then coaches are going to be like, you know, like Sean Payton. Sean Payton is going to go to a franchise that 
probably there are two things he's looking at more than any other. How much power am I going to have and who's my quarterback? Probably the weather, too. I think he's a warm weather guy. I th- well, he played in Chicago. I mean, he did he was- play there, but I, I've heard I've heard that his his destination spots might be Now, uh, I was on climates. a flight once to New Orleans for the Final Four, uh-huh. and um, the, I was a late addition to the flight, and so they put me in first class, and Sean Payton was in coach. I had that going for me. Yeah? Which is nice. How did you, you walk back to coach? Uh, I was doing a, a radio show with Derek Schultz, and we were going down to the Final Four, and I don't know how or why. Clearly, it was a clerical error, but they put us in first class, and so uh, we pre-boarded, mm-hmm. and we were sitting in first class. Derek, uh, now this was uncomfortable. It was a very early morning flight, and Derek's like, I'm going to nap on the way down. And he grabbed the little pillow, that, that, and there was blood on it. Oh. Yeah, that was less a desire. Problematic. But while we were sitting there uh, getting snuggled in, not together, but in our big first you class You do seat. what you had to do at that point. Sean, Sean Payton was boarding the flight and went right past us all oh. the way back to Coach. Hey. But well, I guess Coach would be fitting, right? Right. Um, but again, like Sean Payton is going to go, people talk about Sean Payton coming here. The first question he's going to ask is, well, who's going to be my quarterback? And, and, and is it going to be a retread? Is it going to be a young player that we're trying to build around? These are things that coaches want to know. And... As the coaching carousel opens, oftentimes, I mean, it is so connected to the quarterbacking position. And, you know, I'll be curious to know when we open up the phone lines a little bit what fans would think about the Colts. I just feel like in terms of replacing the quarterback each year with another veteran, it's been three times now. They've taken three spins at the roulette wheel. And and you could make the argument they've regressed each time. Yeah, I mean, four if you count Foles. So from Rivers, it's probably a solid seven, right? Yeah, Rivers was your best one, and then to Wentz, who was a six. Yeah, to Ryan, who was a four, and to Foles, who's a three. That's not a good pattern, right? But going the wrong way. But the other question mark about it. If you really do analyze and listen to, and I'm I'm not saying it's end-all, be-all by any stretch, but people who for a living analyze these things, and they're never 100%, admittedly, is there a can't-miss franchise quarterback, and you got to go probably three deep in this year's draft for the Colts to take in the first round? Or are you going out and getting another younger version of, say, a Derek Carr, a really good serviceable quarterback, but not a quote-unquote franchise quarterback. There is increased conversation as prognosticators dive further into things that this year's draft may actually be void of a true franchise quarterback. Yeah, And, And if that's the case, then you would have to applaud the Colts if they do this, but maybe the Colts say, you know what? We realize that every fan out there wants us to draft a quarterback, but we're not going to do it for the sake of doing it. You know, you, you get a gift card for Christmas and you go to the department store with your gift card or Amazon, whatever, and you don't see anything that really wets your whistle. Do you spend your gift card just to spend it? Well, I have this. I, I might as well. I got to buy something. Or do you say I'm going to wait until the perfect sale comes along? And that's where the Colts may be at the quarterback in position. We'll get more into what Derek Carr might mean 
uh, coming up after the morning checkdown, which we will do next. Get you caught up on what happened last night in the world of sports in a little more detail. It's a Thursday morning. Good morning to you, Jake Quarry, along with Mark Dykton. It is Kevin and Quarry, 93.5-1075 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at BallStateSports.com on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, so we'll begin right there with Ball State Basketball last night. I had mentioned it, 70-63. Cardinals winning over Chicago State last night. Ball State now 9-4. and They are 5-0 and at home. They have a five-game winning streak going. Jerron Coleman with 16. Jalen Sellers, 14 for Chirp Chirp the cards they had two others in double figures Demarius Jacobs Peyton Sparks as well uh, also college basketball big slate tonight Florida A&M and Purdue the number one ranked Boilermakers uh, that actually tips at five o'clock today then you've got Providence at Butler 6 30 this evening Purdue Fort Wayne and Robert Morris now I, I went to college with a guy from Fort Wayne named Bob Morris, Robert Morris. Well, that's odd. He's a, a state rep, and I saw him at a Pacer game recently, and he told me that he does a side business running a trucking company and said, uh, you know, since you're only working part-time at the radio station, if you want to drive a truck, let me know. Well, you should jump right on that. Well, That'd that be great show content. my dream job. Have I ever told you that? My dream job is dream to be an over, uh, over-the-road trucker. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, my dream job is one I have, but if I'm not doing this, it would be that. I would love to just... Get a semi, just hit the open road, baby. I mean, I could kind of see that. You'd walk into Break a speedway with your giant jug. We're going cross country. <laughs> speedway? You mean Bucky's? Well, I mean, if there's no Bucky's around, <laughs> Bucky's is the dream, obviously. God, that, like, that's your dream. One of the little sleeper cabs with the with a little cot in the back. Yeah. Some movies. Andy Griffith's on. I'm be sleeping good tonight. I'm telling you what, I think it'd be fun. I, th- I think this Indiana is supposed State. to be free. Your 900 gallon of coffee. I, think I have. It's a buck. Do you want to know how many speedy reward points I currently have? Oh, you could probably buy a speedway. <laughs> I'll tell you in a second here. Let me look up. What's your guess? How many speedy reward points I have? I want to say you've mentioned it before. I'm going to say like over 100,000. Okay, we'll look. Uh, Evansville and Indiana State, 8 o'clock tonight. Southeast Missouri and Southern Indiana at 8.30. And Valparaiso and Drake at 9. Around the NBA, Bulls stun hey, the you Bucks. Show James the swoosh. I need to show him the swoosh. That sounded. Do you want me to do it? Odd. Okay. Uh, Bulls top the Bucks in overtime, one nineteen, one thirteen. Other winners: uh, Dr. Mottman and his Pistons got a win over the Orlando Magic. Wizards over the Suns. Nets over the Hawks. Heat beat the Lakers. Pelicans edged the Timberwolves. Warriors over the Jazz. Kings over the Nuggets. Pacers, as my headset comes unplugged, Pacers take on the Cavaliers tonight at seven o'clock. They'll try to put another win together if they beat the Hawks the other night. Uh, Cavaliers currently six-point favorites against the uh, Pacers tonight. Uh, they will get going at 7 o'clock. You can hear that game starting at 6.30 right here on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, there we go. Boom. Look at James Adams. Right out of the box, man. He's like That, that guy's. he's like the rookie quarterback that comes out slinging. AutoZone Liberty Bowl last night, 55-53. It was Arkansas over Kansas. That game in triple overtime. Do I need to say these sponsors? Did we say, Mark? The no, tax, you don't have to. The Tax Act Texas Bowl. Uh, 42-25. Texas Tech over Ole Miss in that game. And the Holiday Bowl. 
It was Oregon 28-27 over the University of North Carolina. When we come back, Derek Carr, as we had mentioned, has been benched for the remainder of the year by the Las Vegas Raiders. He will not be around the team, and that means is Derek Carr suddenly on the trading circuit, if you will. Is he available? Can you go to Craigslist right now and get a new car in Derek Carr? And would the Colts be interested in that? We'll get into exactly that when we come back to Kevin and Query here on 93.5-1075 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You are listening to Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 23 minutes before the hour of 8 o'clock. Good morning to you on a Thursday. My name is Jake Query. Mark Dykton, the other voice that you hear on this program. James Adams filling in this morning on the big board. Kevin will be back on Monday. So the big news yesterday, Derek Carr. And that immediately led to speculation or conjecture from people. Would Derek Carr be a candidate for the Indianapolis Colts? Now, there are a couple of ways to look at exactly that question. Number one, there seemingly will be a number of teams that will be interested in the services of Derek Carr, which when you really look at it is interesting because I do think, and I have said many times, that I think Derek Carr is a really good player. And one of the things about Derek Carr to me that has always impressed me was he just looked like a natural leader. But then when I heard that he's being benched and wants to be away from the team, whether that's the team's decision or Derek Carr's, uh, to not be a distraction, that seems to fly completely defiantly in the face of leadership. You know, look at Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan lost his gig, was on the sidelines, and, you know, wearing the hat, laughing, cheering guys on, helping out. That's a true leader. I'm not saying that Derek Carr's not, but there appears to be something that that misfired in that, you know, why would he need why would he be a distraction if he's truly a leader? Yeah, uh Schefter reported that Stidham's backup with Derek Carr inactive when they'll be Chase Garbers, and I don't know, I've never heard of a Chase Garbers That before. sounds like something you do in college. Right? <laughs> Chase Garbers? Yeah, it's like a drinking game, right? Let's guess where Chase Garbers played collegiately. We'll each get two guesses. I'll go San Jose State and Valdosta State. Well, I already know because uh, I looked it up last night. Okay, but but you're you're on the right path. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, with, Especially with, with the with which one? San Jose. Okay, so then I will go with Caltech Poly. Go a little big picture, bigger bigger school. All right, last guess here for me. I'm in the state of California, though, right? Correct. Uh, I'll go with Cal Berkeley. California Bearcat. Cal- Golden Bear. They're not the Bearcats. I know. I don't know why I said the Bearcats. Golden um, Bears. The Golden Bears. Well, California has had more quarterbacks start in the Super Bowl than any school, by the way. Um, but anyway, my thought, Mark, is this. What the Colts need to determine in going after Derek Carr are two things. Number one, What is there? And we know that the Colts have a lot of cap space. But if you look at Derek Carr's contract, okay, Derek Carr, the next three years, is owed $116 million. 
the second year of those is really cap heavy, a $43.9 million cap hit. He is due to make over the next three years $32.9 million, $41.9 million, and $41.2 million. In base salary over the next three years, okay? Now, if you are the Colts, what you have to decide is the following. And maybe this year starts to indicate the answer to them. Are you a team that right now has enough supporting cast around that you are simply a quarterback away from immediately putting yourself in contention? And is the supporting cast that you would be putting around Derek Carr superior to the supporting cast that Las Vegas has provided him? Uh, That's double no right there for me. Okay, fair. Now, like I have said many times, that I believe that Derek Carr is an underappreciated player. And I think the dysfunction of the Raiders, from coaching changes to personnel changes, just all draft misses, I believe there are a lot of things happening around Derek Carr that were at no fault of Derek Carr. However, when you look at the Colts roster this year, you now have enough body Like enough evidence, I believe, through the body of work between Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and Nick Foles, I think there's enough body of work with it. And I realize those guys are playing at a more aged level than is Derek Carr, or than would be Derek Carr if you were to acquire him. But nonetheless, I think that we have seen enough now to know that you probably are closer to just going ahead and rebuilding with a young quarterback and ripping off that Band-Aid than you are putting another quarterback in there to give it another go with this supporting cast. I think they have a really good defense, but I don't think they protect the quarterback enough, and I don't think that they have enough weapons for him to throw to. And so while I think Derek Carr, my first thought when I saw that Derek Carr was was potentially potentially available – was, okay, I have said on the air many times how much I like Derek Carr. I've been very open about it, but does that mean that automatically that I think the Colts need to go out and get him? And my answer for that, I believe, is no, because I think now we've seen enough body of work to know that the Colts are not in a position to be a veteran quarterback away from contending. And so, therefore, while I think Derek Carr is a good player, I don't think he's a good player for the situation of the Indianapolis Colts. 100% agree. I mean, I think, especially with the contract that you'll be taking on for him, I I, I mean, he's like a lot of quarterbacks in the league right now. He's serviceable. Is he going to win you a Super Bowl? Probably not. So is it worth taking on that much of a price tag for a quarterback that's just all right? I, I don't I think, think this, so. Though, I do think that... In a vacuum, any of the three veteran quarterbacks that have been with Indianapolis in the last three years, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers. Rivers played at a pretty good, a pretty high level. Yeah, he was the best they've gotten so far. But in a vacuum, I don't know that you can necessarily, necessarily evaluate just by themselves any one guy and say that everything in terms of shortcoming was on them. 
No, so the roster's you, gotten worse. I correct. Think. When you when you have enough body of work over the course of three of those guys to say maybe it wasn't on them because you were changing the control of the experiment and getting the same results, right? So the body around the centerpiece clearly wasn't good enough, and so therefore I don't know that it would be good enough for Derek Carr. Paul joins us on the line on a Thursday morning. Hi, Paul. Good morning to you. How you doing, Jay? I'm good, man. Uh, I cannot. No, the Colts do not need to travel down this road again. Uh, we we tried other teams' cast-offs, and it's not worked. Here's a cast-off for a reason. This is a team that we beat, and why would we want this quarterback in here when he's taking the Carson Wentz approach, which is, you know what, I don't want to be around my team, I don't want to be around the coaches. It, no, it, that, that, that is not who we need in here. For this organization, we need to face the fact that we need a new quarterback in here. When I say new, I mean a young quarterback that we can that we can go through the doldrums and, and, and come out of it, you know what, looking good, like Cincinnati did with Burrow, like, like Los Angeles had to with uh, Herbert. We, we can grow. We can, we can as, a, as a diehard coach fan, Jake, what I'm trying to say is we can go through a, a couple of horrible seasons with a new quarterback versus bringing in a retread in here and being in the same situation. I would rather see a new quarterback in here and the coach grow and learn to win with that guy than lose with the retread. You know, Paul, doesn't it kind of feel like doesn't it kind of feel like, and I hate to make this comparison because I know the two franchises tire of it, but for the sake of familiarity to the Indianapolis sports fan, doesn't it kind of feel like the Pacers situation where they were like, you know what, we, we can just continue to add like the 21st pick to Miles Turner and Domas Sabonis and go from being the sixth seed to the fourth seed back to the sixth seed every year, or we can rip the Band-Aid off and just say, you know what, it's going to suck for a year, but we're just going to go young. It, it, it absolutely feels that way, and they they need to learn. They need to take take lessons from the Pacers, where the Pacers said, "You know what? This is not happening anymore." And they they had a horrible season, came out of it, and look, the Pacers are exciting now, and we're not a championship team yet. But everybody's glued to the Pacers because they got this fresh young talent in here, and they're growing together, and that's what the Colts need to do hey paul did you work when it was like 35 degrees below zero outside and there was snow blowing around yes i was in at 6 a.m in the morning (laughs) that's because that's because there's no rain sleet or snow that's gonna stop paul the mailman i love it paul Paul, have a good thursday paul always brings the fire i always love paul calls paul's the best let's go one more one mo i should say mo what's up not much hope you had a happy uh christmas and everything same to you sir yeah, um, it is a season uh, for quarterbacks, I guess. I guess. Every time that there's a quarterback going to be open, uh, it's going to be linked to us, obviously because the whole world knows what our problem is. And I think that's kind of what this is. I also think, though, that uh, Chris Ballard is probably losing sleep about this because this is this is like a smoker that can't stop. He's trying to stop smoking and all of a sudden gets around his buddies <laughs> and stuff. And uh, they're all puffing away and he can't so, get away from so chris him. ballard is at bowling night is what you're saying right he's <laughs> yeah, trying to yeah, get off the he's... you know this, and what's the irony here is maybe you know here's a quarterback that we were linked to last year and dealing with a coach who was our coach for 
what a couple minutes or whatever, and then uh, and, and now they're running through some of the same stuff we are. It's crazy. I think it's just going to go on and on until until we we have no idea. And I, I think that's about why they, the the front office is not you know transparent with us about what's what they're thinking or anything. Uh, any time any quarterback, Sam Darnold comes available, he's going to be he's going to be linked to us too. Uh, it's just going to be that way. It's it's really upsetting as a fan. But I, I'm hoping that they do not. I, I like the previous caller. Um, you know, I, I now Mo, man, you have man, season. I, I you have season tickets, right? Yep. Are you yep. coming to the Houston game? My, yeah. What's that? Are you going to come to the Houston game? Yeah, we are. My son and I are diehard. All right. Well, hey. I, I get so fired up going to the stadium and being ready to play. And I, I as soon as the kickoff takes place, that. You know, I, we kind of reality sets in. But, uh. <laughs> That's right. It's the first time you hear Jack and Diane. You're like, oh, no. Yes. That's right. Yes. Hey, Mo, I appreciate yes. it, man. Yes. Happy New Year to you, all right? Yes. And safe travels you. when you come over for Houston. That's beautiful. As soon as soon as the kickoff happens, he's he's. He's checked out. Okay, reality. Sets in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think we're at the point now where the fan base would riot if Derek Carr comes in. I think you we're think at so? that. I think we're at that point where everybody's like, "No, not again." We've done this song and dance three different times now. It hasn't worked any time. I think they're totally fine with take a young quarterback, just see what you've got. They'd rather go through the pain and heartache of a rookie learning the ins and outs of the league than going to another retread. Because Derek Carr is 31 years old also. So think about this. He's on the other side of 30. I made this point yesterday about Josh McDaniels, but think about this. I mean, sports to me is fascinating in terms of the intertwine, okay? I don't know that there I have no idea. If I'm Chris Ballard and I'm driving to work, I'm like, see, these guys have no idea what they're talking about. Because we have no evidence that they're for sure going to pursue Derek Carr. No. We, we have no idea, right? But we speak in hypotheticals on Sports Talk Radio. But let's say hypothetically that Derek Carr comes here. I don't know who his coach would be. But I go back to when Indiana, from a basketball standpoint, Indiana, from a basketball standpoint, Indiana University had Mike Davis, who they'd had success with, and then it just kind of started hitting a, a wall and a lull. And... Finally, they're like, you know what? Instead of just toying around with fourth in the Big Ten every year, like let's make, let's be aggressive and make a move. Mike Davis decided on his own to, to walk away. Everybody knew it was time, so they go out and they do this search, you know. And there are all these names that are out there, and then boom, kind of out of left field, they hire Kelvin Sampson, who was successful at Oklahoma. Don't get me wrong, but as Kelvin Sampson's walking to the podium to be announced as the Indiana basketball coach, I remember thinking to myself, this is weird. Because Kelvin Sampson did go to a Final Four, but in the Final Four on the biggest stage in his biggest game, he lost to the guy he's replacing. Mm -hmm. Now, if the Colts were to bring in Derek Carr, then you're like, wait a minute. A year ago, the Colts didn't play well, didn't get good quarterback play down the stretch and had to make a change at the most important position. And so in doing so, they're bringing in the quarterback who is the who lost to the guy he's replacing. The one win that the Colts got down the stretch was against not only Derek Carr, but also the head coach that is the only head coach that Chris Ballard himself has selected to coach the Indianapolis Colts. Look at that. Well, you spun that together. That's pretty impressive. That is wild, though, to think about. Yeah, because I don't know if the Colts are going to get 
another win. So the only one right. to hang your hat on is the Raiders one. We beat Chris Ballard's coaching choice and a quarterback that is now going to be linked to the Colts. And in defense of Chris Ballard, we don't know how legitimate that is, but his name was floated around a little bit a year ago, according to some reports, and so therefore you would think that he is in play. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And when you don't have a quarterback, of course your, your team is going to be linked to a guy that potentially might be available in the offseason. Uh, Scott Agnes joins us in 35 minutes. Talk a little Pacers. Zach Kiefer will join us at 9 o'clock, and we'll continue the conversation about the Colts and the quarterback situation. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. It's Kevin and Query on a Thursday it's warm outside, but I don't think we're going to see the sun today. So you don't need the winter jacket, but you don't need sunglasses either. You know they call those sunnies in like England and Australia. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Interesting. Yes. So we're talking a little Derek Carr uh, to the Colts. I, I, I forgot my sunnies. Oh, well, we didn't need that impression today. <laughs> I know it's overcast, but we didn't need the the <laughs> English <laughs> pr- impression. We could have done. We could have left, left that in 2022. I, I got my tea in the morning. Boy, they're talking about stuff I don't want to carry over to the new year. Anyway, so we're talking some Derek Carr. That's going on. The Pacers are back on the uh, back on the horse tonight to take on the Cavaliers. Got some bowl games to discuss. We've got Thursday night football, which that's going to be an interesting one. Cowboys and Titans. No Derrick Henry. No Ryan Tannehill for the Titans. They're going in the wrong direction. Boy, are they ever, man. Jacksonville's going to win that division. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the Jaguars, the arrow's pointing up, and the Titans are just spinning their wheels at this point in, in a mud hole. Like, Why? We can't get out of this thing. So Malik Willis against the Cowboys. Yeah, give me the Cowboys, Micah Parsons defense in that one. But that'll, that'll be a good one, though. There's still playoff implications for both those teams. Uh, so we got Derek Carr going. Lots of, lots of people want to chime in on the Derek Carr talk. Uh, whether you want Derek Carr in a Colts uniform, do you want the Colts to stop going to the veteran well and finally tear off the Band-Aid and go for a quarterback in the draft? A lot, lot of discussions to be had there. Uh, who is this, Rhode Island Mike? Is that is that who I'm seeing? I'm guessing that's Mike and he lives in Rhode Island. Oh, I'd hope so. Rhode Island Mike, joining on Kevin and Query hey. this morning. How are hey, you doing, Mike? Mike, I've got some Rhode Island questions for you before we begin. Is that okay? That's fantastic, man. I'm a huge fan of you guys. I've, I've called in a couple of times. I, I like to purposely add Rhode Island Mike because my parents decided to give me the most common name in the world at birth. So, so you are you? Do you live in Rhode Island, or do you simply you're from Rhode Island, or you just picked Rhode Island? Born, raised, and still living, brother. Okay, so how did you? And I know that we've probably gone over this before, but I'm fascinated by it. So humor me. How did you end up? What is your connection to Indianapolis? So uh, when I was when I was a little one, my uncle was a huge football fan. He was a Cowboys fan. He really wanted to get me into football, so he gave me uh, an old VHS with a Johnny United scheme, and uh, I just fell in love with the Colts then and there. And you can't imagine my disappointment when I started watching them that Johnny United was no longer playing. <laughs> <laughs> so who was the but, quarterback of the Colts when you first fell in love with them? My my dream coach was actually the quarterback, though, Mr. Harbaugh himself. Okay, so, so I got some good years. I did get some good years with with Jim. Um, I do remember being a child and, and crying at the Steelers game. Yeah, the Aaron um, Bailey drop. Yep. Now, yeah, that was a, you live was in catch. what part of Rhode Island? Catch, Jake. Yes, sir. 
You you live in what part of Rhode Island? Uh, currently, I live in Warwick, um, but I was born and raised in East Providence. It's it's right out of right out of the. Uh, have you have Oscar. you been to Cranston, Rhode Island? Yeah, yeah, that's about you, a. I actually live right on the line between the two. So yeah. Do you have either a Calibri lighter or a Pelican pen because they're both made in Cranston, Rhode Island? Did you know that? <laughs> that that I did not know. And then last question for you about Rhode Island before we get to the Colts. Uh, my understanding is that the University of Rhode Island or Rhode Island University, whatever, where Archie Miller now coaches, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's right. But the people there call it UR High instead of URI. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty good good party school. I did not go there. I had friends that went there, and uh, yeah, there's some wild times there. Okay, well, get some frisky fries if you're there. Frisky fries in Rhode Island. Have you had frisky fries before, Mike? I have, man. I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of food. My They're dad uh, kind of gives that away how much I like the food. So frisky fries when you're in Rhode Island. I'm all telling right. you. All right, so uh, all right, Mike, give me your your Derek Carr Colts impression. So I'm with you guys. I do like Derek Carr. A couple of years ago, I would have been all over this, but at this point, I think I think we just got to we got to go with a rookie. Um, you know, I, I would almost guarantee if you looked at it, there's almost as many whiffs in the draft with what quarterbacks are going to be good as, as these kind of guys that pop up out of nowhere. I think Johnny Manziel and Blake Bortles got drafted before Derek Carr. I mean, Russell Wilson slipped late in the draft, so. As far as, oh, there's not a great quarterback in this draft, we don't know this. I mean, it's entertaining to talk about what these guys can and can't be, but I say we just got to roll the dice, and, and if we stink, we stink. It's no big deal. It's just going to set us up for good draft picks in the future, and that's what we need to be heading. I mean, at this point, we've, we've been doing the same old thing for a little too long. It's getting a little stale. If they bring in Derek Carr, still going to be watching on Sundays, but I, I don't think I'd be, uh, I'd be too thrilled. Mike, have you ever been to Indianapolis? I have not. I had a plan to come out there, and then uh, then COVID hit. But uh, one of my best friends lives out there. I finally convinced him to come out this way. So I, I owe him a trip in that direction. Okay, so you got a so you got a place to stay then, right? Absolutely. He'd be better let me stay there. Let him stay at my house. Are you offering, Jake? Yeah, I was going to say Mike can stay at my place. Mike sounds like a cool hey. dude. Bear loves spaghettios you, and pop tarts. You bring me a Rhode Island hat or a Rhode Island T-shirt, like a URI. I've always wanted a URI T-shirt. <laughs> Adam Sandler wore one in one of the movies he was in. Just a, a Rhode Island T-shirt. You bring me that and a free board. Jake, I Actually, got free you on a, on a URI, and I'll and I'll bring through the uh, I'll bring through the bourbon as well. I, I'll even bring you a Rhode Island pizza. Hopefully, it'll survive the travel. All right, hey Mike, you'd be good, man. All right, you guys too. Happy New Year. All right, you know uh, Indianapolis is due west of Rhode Island. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, is it in what's the name of due west South Carolina? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Have you been to Rhode Island? I have, yeah. That's why I, it's, I said frisky fries. Yeah, we were. I thought uh, maybe you just thought of that because something about Mary's in Providence. Oh maybe God, I love it. something about Mary. Uh, no, uh, we had drawn, done a trip on the East Coast, so we did like, you know, Maine, New Hampshire, uh, Massachusetts, and we stopped. We went. We we're going to the Patriot. We wanted to see where Gillette Stadium was. I it it sure as hell is not in Boston. It's it's, it's halfway between Providence. Yeah, and it's Boston. closer to it's closer to Rhode Island it than is. it is there. So yeah, we we went to the Gillette Stadium like, well, Providence is right here. Let's go over there. Went over there and got some frisky fries, uh, which are very Meredith good. You know Meredith Vieira. You remember Meredith? Vieira? Yeah, uh-huh, she's the a view. native of Providence. Uh-huh. And when you land at least like 10 years ago, I was covering a Colts Patriots game. We flew into Providence and Meredith Vieira was like like so ubiquitous in the airport it, it, like everywhere you turn were videos of Meredith Vieira welcoming you to Rhode Island and then you get on the escalator and you go down to baggage claim and you're out of Rhode Island yeah because the whole state's like the size of this building yeah it is pretty small it is but it's cool though it is cool it's a cool little town 
Uh, Brian joins us. Brian, what's up? What's up, Brian? Not much, not much. How you guys doing today? Uh, we're, you know, we're trying to wake up, Brian. Uh, you, actually, you know what, Brian? I'm going to let you be the barometer of that. You're the listener of this program. How are we doing today? Oh, you guys are doing fantastic. You always do fantastic. You know that. <laughs> you, you're now my favorite caller, Brian. Yesterday, apparently, somebody else I said was my favorite caller, but now it's you, Brian. Brian, do you want to come to my PBR party? I'd be happy to. <laughs> we need to get a, a date nailed down for this PBR party. Uh, we got to find... I found we have couple, like we owe people like five parties. I there think. are a few places that do have PBR on draft. It'd have to be on draft, Brian. Is that okay? Are you of age? Absolutely. Okay. Well, there we go. All right. What's on your yeah, mind this about, morning, Brian? <laughs> uh, I had a que- I've been wanting to ask a question about a QB coming up in next year's draft that that nobody. It's funny nobody talks about, but he's in the uh, he's in the football playoff. Uh, Max Duggan for TCU, and. Uh, there's a YouTube video you can pull up if you look up Max Duggan Big 12 Championship, and I don't know if you guys watch that game or remember that game. I'm I'm just a fair weather college. I mean I'm a casual college football fan. I don't have any strong allegiances to any particular schools, but uh, I did watch that Big 12 game. And you talk about a guy that looks like a leader, and I just I don't understand. It's you hear the same names over the Strouds and the Levises and. Uh, you know, with this guy being in the Final Four, I don't understand why nobody's really talking about him. And I know I'm just judging off the performance I watched in one game. I, I think it's a really fair point. You know, what's interesting, Brian, um, my buddy Mac Engel, who I grew up with, uh, we, I mean, all the way through school together, and Mac is now essentially the Bob Kravitz of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's the columnist for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And TCU is in Fort Worth, so, I mean, he covers TCU regularly. And we've talked a lot about Max Duggan, to be honest with you. And he is one of those guys – I'm trying to think of an equivalent. The, the knock on him would be this, okay? Because I think you raise a really good point. At leadership, 100%. He single-handedly willed them – to a couple of wins this year, literally just said, Absolutely. just said, Absolutely. get on my back and let's go. Right. Um, yes. you know, he, here's the thing. This is the best way that I could answer that, Brian. And I, I listen, I think it is such a great point, And I, I want to thank you for even bringing it up because it's a great talking point or, or, or piece here because it represents something like a bigger picture. I had a long conversation about a week ago with, somebody an executive level NFL guy who was telling me that it was easier to predict like in the Peyton Manning era or Dan Marino era or John Elway era it was easier to predict the how good a quarterback was going to be in the transition from college to pro because the games were still relatively similar to one another but the way that the rules committee has changed defensively, the way teams can do things in the NFL, the different looks that teams do, and primarily because in college there are so many offenses that rely simply on bubble screens or quick outs that the over-the-middle zip-on-the-ball pass that needs to be made at the professional level, the window is so much tighter and it collapses so much faster at the professional level that the skill set for a pro quarterback 
is a greater chasm from the college game today than it was, say, 15 years ago. So there are guys that their tenacity, their toughness, their ability to stand in the pocket and get rid of the football, but not necessarily on deep outs, but just simply avoid hassle from the rush in the college game, that doesn't necessarily translate into the NFL game. So along with Moxie and along with bravada at the professional level you need to have zip and velocity of immediacy on your ball and perfect timing and i think those are the things that duggan scores lower on so that's not a knock on him in any way shape or form but i think he is seen as a guy that has maximized his ability at the college level and i think he could be a good pro for the reasons you mentioned i do but in terms of just the raw intangibles that are the first things that they look for those are the areas where his score is low yeah i think everything i've seen mock draft wise for him is his prospect is like a day three pick at some point which makes sense i mean He's one of those guys where I don't think he's, he's you know, he's not going to wow you as a fan as far as, like, if they draft him, you're like, oh, man, here we go, franchise quarterback. He's a guy you want to take a flyer on. Uh, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to get the rank, name recognition like a C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson even or Hendon Hooker. But I think if you took a flyer with him on day three, you might be like, it's kind of like a Sam Ellinger situation where you're like, let's see what this kid can do. Now, I mean, if you start putting veterans in front of him and you're not going to play him, then who knows but he's one of those intriguing prospects on day three that could be available as a college player i absolutely love him and but again this is the thing like if you look at the decision making the problem you have and this is what to be honest with you like you look at cj stroud at ohio state Mm -hmm. okay yeah cj stroud at ohio state there are plays he his arm is so good in terms of his velocity that cj stroud has the ability to scramble and pick up five yards to extend a drive but he also has the ability to hang in the pocket and with the receivers he's throwing to make ridiculous throws that are huge chunk plays cj stroud's problem at the college level might actually be of asset to him at the professional level and that is that cj stroud at the last minute instead of just tucking and running for five yards is waiting in there to make the long pass at the professional level you've got to learn to throw that ball away but at the professional level it's harder to be able to make that run and so that decision to be able to hang in or that ability to hang in and have the arm strength to go downfield with accuracy is a benefit in the nfl the challenge for C.J. Stroud in assessing him, and the same thing was true, for example, for the first year, I think, the acclamation of Trevor Lawrence, who now I think has arrived. But Lawrence had to get used to, in Jacksonville, having receivers that were not automatically better every time they stepped on the field than those he was throwing to at Clemson. When he was throwing at Clemson, he was throwing to guys that are all playing on Sunday. And they were going up against guys that are working now in – you know, putting on a suit and tie every day. Yeah. So you had five seconds in the pocket correct. to just launch there it was, every single time. And you're throwing to guys that are two steps ahead of everybody else. Yep. And Stroud has that at Ohio State right now. He has receivers that are unbelievable. But next year, when Stroud is at the professional level, he he has the arm strength to make throws in tight window, but learning how tight that window is is the challenge. Especially with the Colts offensive line. 
I mean, that's the, <laughs> that could be. That's the other issue for the Colts is, I, I you know, there are two areas for the Colts offensive line, one in which I think we know the answer to and the other of which I don't know where they go. I've been pretty critical of Quentin Nelson in the last month. I think a lot of people have. Rightfully so, yeah. He's not had a great year. But somebody pointed out to me on social media yesterday, and it's a really good point, and I'll, I will concede to the fact that it's something that I probably should have looked further into, and that is that there were a lot of plays with Quentin Nelson where he wasn't truly able to show what he can do because he was having to slide over and mask for plays where the left tackle was deficient. Now, Bernard Ryman, I think, has shown us enough that we now know that he does have some ability. It's the consistency of ability which comes with time. And Anthony Costanzo didn't have consistency of ability right away. He worked really hard at it and became, obviously, a pillar, reliable guy that, like I've always said, that the less you hear about the left tackle, the better off they are, right? Yeah. But at least with Ryman, we know that there is some upside there and that that can come together. The other challenge for Chris Ballard and for the Colts is what they do with Ryan Kelly. Because Man, quite frankly, kidding. Ryan Kelly, they paid him a lot of money. And I know he's a wonderful guy. And, and I don't know whether or not the personal tragedy in which he was very open about a year ago with his wife and the family situation of them losing a baby. I, I want to make very clear that people understand. I totally 1000% understand and excuse and give a pass to him. If that's the reason for his regression of play, if just from a mental standpoint, it has affected his play as a football player. I don't know that we ever know that. I don't know that he ever knows that. Right. If that's the case, absolutely understandable, and God love him, right? I mean, I literally. But whether it's that, whether it's injury, whether it's just age in general, I don't think there's any denying that Ryan Kelly at the center position has regressed. And Danny Pinter is a guy that I think there was thought that he could slide into that and do so adequately, but it hasn't. they haven't been able to do that either, and – that's the the problem with an offensive line is an offensive line you literally need five pieces that are all performing in unison and with one another like kind of side by side and if they're not doing so it, one piece can crumble at all and i think that with ryman it looks like that piece might be becoming more solidified but with kelly i I don't know where they go. Yeah, there. there are major questions on that offensive line, and you're going to look at the Colts' 2023 20, checklist in the offseason. You're going to see quarterback, offensive line, wide receiver, probably one, two, and three. It sounds pretty familiar from last season's checklist, too, right? It does. Pretty I, but, familiar. But these are the things, Mark, that that are always with with a football team. They're always in play, right? I mean, those right. are the challenges of of building a roster. Yeah. And we, I mean, we're, and it sounds like we're going to see Chris Ballard attempt to do that. He's going to get a stamp of another draft class with you know his approval and everything. It'll be pretty interesting to see. Where is your Snickers coffee? Did you bring? Oh, this Snickers is not coffee? Snickers coffee today. What, what do this we have? Is, uh, what, Butterfinger? <laughs> I no, I wouldn't touch Butterfinger. 
You don't have to worry about me laying a finger on your Butterfinger. I, I will really. I will pass a Butterfinger towards you. No. What about Clark? Do you like Clark? I don't think I've ever had a Clark bar before. What? They even make those anymore? How long have you been a communist? Uh, what about well, Fifth Avenue? Do you like Fifth Avenue? I've been to Fifth Avenue. I haven't had a Fifth Avenue. Do you prefer Heath or Score? I've never had a Score bar. Heath bars are okay. When's the last time you left the house? <laughs> I Usually every weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, you're, you're the regularly king. How have you not had any of these candy bars? I've had them. I, I, Heath bars okay. My wife loves Heath bars. Did I tell you? Did I tell you what the? I might have already. It's hard for me sometimes to remember what I've said on the air. Did I tell you what the girl said to me about the candy bar challenge at the gas station? The candy? No, I don't know if you've told the story. I was at the gas station. Mm-hmm. Shock! I know. I went in to get uh, a soda, and do you say soda or pop? Pop. Okay. And so I went in and. The girl's working, and she was manning the shelves, or womaning the shelves, I guess, in this case. <laughs> I don't and know if there's a gender identified with <laughs> well, the shelvings of and, well, items. Don't kid yourself. It's 2022, soon it's to be 2023. So I said to her, I go, hey, a question for you. And you stop me if I've told this before, Mark. I said, if I came in here right now and I told you, I'm going to put an orange sticker on the bottom of one candy bar on the shelf. And if I come back one calendar year from now and overturn the candy bars and that orange sticker is still there you get one million dollars what candy bar would you pick so one that would be last that will not get touched correct of all and and she had all the standard candy bars okay it's a it's a regular candy bar rack all the standard candy bars and without hesitation she says oh that one right there and i said that's exactly what i would have guessed you would have say because i know very few people that have ever had it and for that reason, like a year ago, a buddy of mine and I decided to try one. I'd never had one. And I was like, this thing's unbelievable. I mean, it literally was, it was unbelievable. And so I said to her, I go, well, have you ever had one? Because they're phenomenal. So I bought one for the two of us to split. And we split it. And You're a I mensch. Kid, what's that? You're a mensch. Oh, I'm aware. Giving candy to shelf women. Uh, and she was a woman. And so she t- took a bite of it and said... I think this just changed my life. And I said, is it yeah. the score? Is that no, where score is a Heath knockoff? Oh, okay. Score so is something you've never with chocolate had. over it, but it's S K O R. Yeah, I've seen it. I've just never, I've never. Have did. you had the Zagnut? No. Do you, have you had a Chicka Stick? No. Zagnut is a Chicka Stick. It's just in a in a. You're just throwing names out here form. right now. These are made up things. The, have, so I'm supposed to guess had, what candy bar? What? <laughs> a chunky. What 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 conversation are we having right now? A chunky candy bar. Have you ever oh, had a chunky? Oh, a candy bar. <laughs> yeah, come on. No, I've never had a chunky candy okay, bar before. Have you had have you had a bun? The, or does that go back to the chunky? The, well, one and the same, I'd say. No, I've never had a bun. I've never heard of that one either. What are you talking about? Do you have you been to a gas station? I have. I've never I've had a, like a honey bun. Like what are you talking no, about? No, a bun candy bar. They have maple and vanilla. No, I've never heard of that. Have before. you had a mallow cup? <laughs> okay. I've heard of that. I've never had it though. Have the, you had I'd like to go with what I like. Have I don't you want had chuckles. Okay. You are making <laughs> things up. Have you had the whatchamacallit? I've heard of whatchamacallit okay. in the 90s. Have I don't know they rages? still made them. No. Did you trick or treat as a kid? Have yes, you but my, my neighbors gave away good candy. What, m- mounds? Have you had mounds? No, mounds is horrible. <laughs> no, I think so. I think not, buddy. I think you are off pace Mounds there. and Almond Joy, pass. Hard All pass. Right. So wait, wait, wait. I need to know the mystery. What is the candy bar you I'll put the I'll tell you on. on the other side of the morning Lord check Lord almighty.
That's the morning check. There we go. Uh-oh. The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at BallStateSports.com on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Just a quick interlude real quick. Jake and I were discussing the candy bars he was naming that I'm con- I'm convinced are made up. No, people are asking if you're a recluse. No, people are saying you're, na- you're intentionally naming the worst candy bars, and I tend to agree. Or have you had a chunky? Have you had a bun? You're naming things that I mean, a bun. Chunky? You've never heard of? Chunky? I've heard of chunky. You watched Seinfeld, right? Right. I didn't think they made chunkies. I, I've heard the Office reference before, but I don't think they. I didn't think they made that since 2005. Have I, you had Necco wafers? I've yeah, they're horrible. No, they're wonderful. Oh come on, come on. Have you, you had were, Take Five? Yeah, Take Fives are good. Kit Kat? Of course. Well, yeah, name some. Have I had a Reese's peanut butter cup? Yes. Hell yes, I've had a Reese's peanut butter cup. I've had a bun bar? No. There's maple and vanilla. I've never heard of it before. Come on. Oh, my God. All right. NBA last night. Pacers are in. Well, Pacers are in action tonight. They take on the Cavaliers. Tip uh, pregame is at six thirty. Tip You're off at seven. I am. The, the whole bun candy what about conversation. The candy bar. You ever had a milkshake candy bar? A milkshake candy bar? Okay. Maybe, Pacers, maybe Cavs, you spend too much time at the gas station. 7 o'clock at the Fieldhouse. Cavs come in with a two-game losing streak. Pacers coming off of their big win uh, the other night. Who did they just beat the other day? I was they, there. The Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks. That's correct. Um, anyway, Pacers tonight, 7 o'clock tip. That is one of six games in the association. But last night in the NBA, uh, big brawl between Detroit and Orlando. No surprise there because it was in Detroit. Pistons win 121. What, what are we calling that one? It's not Malice at the Palace. Now it's the Little Caesars Arena. And I, I'm telling you, the naming rights for these stadiums kind of take the fun yeah, out of naming these Yeah, it was kind things. of, but it wasn't really a brawl, right? It was more it was kind of a like cheap a shot. It was like a scuffle, right? Well, the guy punched the guy in the back of the head. Do you know what they wanted during the fight? Pizza, pizza. Is that what you're going to say? No. Pizza, pizza. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's oh my their, God! That's the fans were chanting, "Peace, peace!" <laughs> College basketball last night. Ball State top Chicago State seventy sixty three. I know I am. There goes my water. <laughs> Done carrying it. <laughs> College basketball tonight. Number one Purdue back on the floor. They take on Florida A and M. That tip off is at five o'clock. Purdue twelve and zero on the season. Uh, FAM. AMU uh, 0-8 on the road. So looking well for the Purdue Boilermakers. Butler takes on Providence. Purdue-Fort Wayne takes on Robert Morris. Indiana State and Evansville go at it. SC Missouri takes on Southern Indiana. And Valparaiso and Drake take on as well. So busy night in college hoops locally. So I told everybody that I would tell you the answer to the orange stickered candy bar after the morning check down, which we just completed. The candy bar, which I had never had. I've seen it a billion times. My buddy Texans Mark and I decided that we were going to try it like a year ago, and both of us were like, holy cow, changed my life. It is a, it's the texture of it that's fabulous. It's a soft, chewy fudge center with nougat and caramel surrounded by white chocolate. Better known, and I, I believe that the, actually it's the packaging and the marketing that hurts it because of the way it's packaged. But it's the zero bar. The zero bar. I feel like I've heard that, but I have no idea. Let's look at this. So up. she said to me, the zero bar, she said to me, I'm like. Oh, yeah. It looks like it's in like a. Um, it's in a silver wrapper with blue writing. Yeah. I always think it's like Philadelphia cream cheese. Correct. That's exactly what it looks like. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I'm not saying necessarily that it's my favorite candy bar, but you can't. I, 
75% of people listening right now are going to say to me, or say out loud to me, I've never had a zero bar. Of that 75%, I'm going to hope, and I'm not, listen, listen, I ain't, I ain't carrying water for the zero folk, right? I don't know them. I think it's Hershey. I don't know them. Mm-hmm. I don't have any, I'm not gaining anything by this. I want at least three people today to either text me or tweet me at Jake Query a picture of them with the zero bar that they are tasting for the first time. And of that, I'm telling you, 90% of them will be like, oh my gosh, where has this been my whole life? I will go look for one after the show. But you go to any gas station. Okay, I'll go look for one. I mean, and you, if you I see it, it, I'll buy it. You make it. it sound like I'm mentioning, like, you know, some Siberian beef jerky or something. Some no. of those candies, I'm pretty sure, were Siberian beef jerkies <laughs> that you were naming. I'm just telling you. The Zero Bar. Scott Agnes going to join us. Talk a little Pacers next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Fantastic band. Whose lead singer, by the way, was injured when he fell off the stage in concert in Indianapolis circa 1991 or two. Middleman, another great song from Living Color, this band. Uh, by the way, Big E, Jake, the best way to eat a zero bar is to freeze them. At my grandpa's gas station, he used to keep them in the ice freezer, and on a hot day, it was the kids' summer treat. I was sure that was like Charleston Shoes. Uh yeah, Charleston Chew's another... See, you, you're getting on me for random candy bars and you're dropping a Charleston Chew Well, because reference? you said you freeze them. I've had Charleston Chew's. That's what they Milky, always... I, frozen Milky Way, also fa- fabulous. I've never had a frozen Milky Way before. Uh, this from Nick. Oh, it's Nick Iria. I wonder if that's if he's with the restaurant folk. Uh, I have a family friend that works at Hershey. He would bring us freshly made Zero Bars. Amazing. Heck yeah. People are asking me. I had to get out of the car. What was the mystery candy bar? You're supposed to stay in your car. We want driveway radio. Scott Agnes joins us now, and I'm sure thrilled to be doing so. No, I'm sure he's on the loving breaking up the candy bar. Scott, have you had a zero candy bar before? I not. I, do you mean zero calorie? <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Appreciate. <laughs> yes. I don't know what a zero candy bar exactly. Is. <laughs> How do you not? You've never seen. It's the okay. The zero candy bar is the one that you've seen it on the rack a thousand times. You've just never had it. It's the one in a silver wrapper with blue writing. It looks like Philadelphia cream cheese, apparently. It, it does. Or a York peppermint patty. Okay. I was going to guess a white label, but no. It doesn't immediately come to mind. See? See? I'm not alone in this. Okay. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Scott. A zero candy bar is the one on the shelf that you've seen it a thousand times. You've never actually divulge your you know like like dove in and then once you did you're like you know what this is way better than i thought that would be what member of the pacers roster Ooh. uh that still needs to be unwrapped type of thing yeah or when you just when you forget about it then you realize that it's better than you thought oh shape or set I mean that's always the case, yeah, absolutely. With with O'Shea, yeah, let's go. Let, we can go there for sure because 
to start the last two seasons, he's been out of the rotation. Then, to your point, he's unwrapped. He plays off the bench, starts getting regular minutes, and you know the way in which he produces doing the little things, and then the scoring is all just a little bit of a bonus. Let's go back to Scott Agnes is our guest, by the way, from Fieldhouse Files. We're talking about the Pacers who are in action tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're coming off their win at the Fieldhouse over Atlanta. We talked about this a little yesterday, Scott, but I wanted to to get your thought on it as well. A guy that I have been very high on for the Pacers, but probably three-quarters the way through the game against Atlanta, it just simply dawned on me when I looked up and saw him that he hadn't been on the floor yet. Does or what does Isaiah Jackson need to do to get back in rotation? Or is this simply a matter, not necessarily of what he's not doing, but what other players are? Yeah, that's a fair question. I think first of all, some a couple of the bigs have just had had a difficult time. It seems like the last couple of weeks, right, with Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson, their minutes are clearly down. There's been several games where um, Jalen Smith, who's been the starting four, who was the starting four, was you know getting nine, twelve, and fifteen minutes instead of twenty and twenty five. Um, so I think one. Both of them have um, have kind of hit a wall or haven't produced at the level uh, expected of them. Secondly, though, um, I think you've seen really strong contributions from Aaron Neesmith and especially Andrew Nemhard. Nobody expected Nemhard to be a key cog of the starting lineup, taking on the defensive responsibilities that he has this season, oftentimes taking the opponent's best player. So those two things have taken up some minutes. Um, as well. And then thirdly, I think, generally speaking, this is how Rick wants to play. You, you want to play the more modern style of offense where all five players out there are, are versatile, can shoot threes, can spread the floor. Um, and so when when Rick changed the starting lineup a couple of weeks ago, put Neesmith in for Jalen Smith, I think also that's part of it as well. It's his preferred group. But the number one thing is with Isaiah specifically is his production was down. He battled some injuries and hadn't quite had it the last several weeks. Scott Agnes of the Fieldhouse Files joining Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Scott, I've been a big fan of Buddy Heald since he arrived in the trade uh, with Demonis Sabonis and Tyrese Halberton. Is he? He's always been a trade piece discussion, I feel like, since he arrived on the roster. Is he, be, is he becoming, is he still a trade piece or is he becoming more of a cog on the Pacers roster now? In your eyes, yeah, hey Mark. Yeah, it's here's the thing with Buddy is he's a hooper, and he was just kind of out of place, misfit, maybe past his time, wearing out his welcome in Sacramento. Um, he doesn't make it his feelings towards his previous situation a secret at all. He wanted out; they wanted him gone, um, and then he came here and has just been rejuvenated, reinvigorated. And and I thought it was interesting the other night. He kind of slipped in the word "I'm at peace." And I, was, I thought that was unique for a player like him. He just turned 30 a, a week or two ago. Um, and generally, I think that has you re- reassessing your situation, what you appreciate, where you're at in life, things like that. Now, in terms of you know his trade availability and those sort, sort of things, what I think is interesting is we all assume, right, he's on the – He's under trade consideration and all that. And I think that's, number one, the fact that he's a little bit older, um, doesn't exactly fit a rebuild. He's never been part of the playoffs. 
Um, and that's something he really liked to do, obviously, like any player. Um, and I think that lends itself towards trade discussion, right? And there's the obvious connection previously with the Lakers and how Rob Palinka, who's the who's uh, you know the GM over there, was his former agent, by the way. So there were a lot of connecting dots. The Pacers are very happy with Buddy. They love and uh, I think Buddy's done more than anyone had expected here. I think it's natural for him to be mentioned in trade conversations, but there's not exactly urgency, I don't believe, to trade him considering his deal, his contributions, his three-point shooting, what he adds with Tyrese and that that brotherly relationship. Um, so I, I think the Pacers likely would be willing to deal him, but they're not seeking it out. They're not desperate. They're not pushing to move Buddy by any means. The best part about it is his, he's shooting well, and his contract actually goes down. It's a de-escalating contract, so he gets cheaper actually next year. Scott, when tell me again when the trade deadline is. Uh, you're looking at early February. Okay. So we still have some time. Most so, two conversations. What, six weeks or so? Okay, so yeah, the, exactly. the question I have is, and is this the first year in, I don't know, a handful or so, but is it safe to say that this is a unique year for the Pacers at the trade deadline because while there may be pieces they'd like to acquire, there are not pieces that they need to subtract? <laughs> uh, I think that's fair, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the only thing you'll th- that you might need to necessarily subtract would be when it concerns Miles Turner purely from a contract standpoint, which is not, I, I believe, what you weren't were not getting at. Well, and um, so here's the thing, Scott. Like I, you know, I had a conversation with with Kevin Pritchard at the beginning of the season, where he was pretty open about the fact of his. You know, just his disappointment with with Victor Oladipo's decision to want out, essentially. And does that require – in other words, I do think that the Pacers would like to come to a deal with Miles Turner, but are the Pacers going to be a little bit hesitant or walking on eggshells through that negotiation – of not holding out to the level that holding out's maybe the wrong word, but in other words, if there's like a, a standoff, if you will, do the Pacers are they prone to be more accelerated in their movement of him just to secure that they get something for him in case he doesn't want to resign here because of the fact they've been burnt by that in the past? I, I think it's a little bit of a different situation here because because Miles has been nothing but loyal to the franchise. He's embraced the city. He's embraced the fans. He's had fan sections. Um, he's he's done just about all the Pacers have asked from him. And I don't think he's signaled like previous certain guys have that, hey, I want to get out of here or I don't enjoy it here. I'm not having fun here. I have not seen those signals. I've not heard those signals um, from Miles at all. He loves being part of this group. He, he's said and at least from what I've seen, done all the right things positively towards the franchise, unlike you know some things in the past with other players like you're referencing. I think you're correct. With, with Miles, though, what it's going to come down to mostly is 
one, what kind of trade offers are you getting by the deadline? And two, what kind of contract number are both sides comfortable with? I think both would like to be here. Um, again, it just comes down to for the right price. I feel like that with Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, they're both comfortable with the Pacers right now because the pressure's kind of taken off of them. There's so many guys that are contributing that they don't feel the need that they got to be the guy that takes over in scoring because they can rely on Benedict Mathurin or Tyrese Halliburton or uh, Neesmith is going to step up or something like that. So I feel like there's they've just got a good dynamic going. With that said, um, obviously both teams have been both players have been linked to trade talks for 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 forever uh is there more likelihood that they're traded or now do you think the pacers are possibly keeping considering keeping both of them yeah so it's it's interesting i'd i'd love to be in that conference room at the st vincent center with the front office right now because one we can all agree they've out out exceeded expectations to this point right now in the playoff picture will that continue should it continue there's all those different dynamics that are in play here. They got to be talking about what kind of number they'd be willing to uh, offer miles. And they're in a unique spot here with a ton of cap space where they can do something a little bit different, unique in that they can renegotiate miles current contract. It's, there's a lot I could go on here, but basically you give him money now and extend his contract, which is a little bit different than a, a typical contract extension that wouldn't necessarily kick in until, say, next season. That would actually help both franchises. Pacers have to still spend more money this year to get over the the uh, floor um, when it comes to the salary cap, which they will. It's usually no big deal, but this is one of many ways that they could. So that's something the front office has to be considering um, here at the trade deadline. I just came back from Vegas last week. That's the G League showcase. Just about every executive was there. This is usually where those conversations get started. I mean, everywhere you walk, there's there's agents and, and executives talking at restaurants and, you know, casino floor just talking and, and especially there on, on the bas- two basketball courts. And so the, the general consensus I got there as – you know, was Pacers are mostly just thinking about going ahead and and not consider not really seeking out, let's say, trade talks and being you know not yeah, having I mean, Scott, specifically active. They've got it. However, I will preface Jake again. We said it's still what six weeks away. But that's right. where they are today. But they've got a good young core. I mean, it feels like they, they have planted the seeds of a good young core that mm-hmm. you just continue to water it. And, and you know, sure, I, I think they'd love to get a wing defender, for example, to go along with what Aaron Neesmith brings defensively in that area, maybe somebody a little longer. But outside of that, you know, I think they're in pretty good shape. The question I was going to have for you, Scott, before I start asking about candy bars is <laughs> what um, – who else in the East is in – if you look at like two- to three-year window in terms of youth players that are going to be under contract for a while, what other franchises are set up the way Indiana is right now? Um, first one that comes to mind probably is their opponent, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, adding Donovan Mitchell, all those young guys that they have up front from the draft a couple of years ago with Evan Mobley and, 
and Jared Allen, those sorts of things. I think they're right. The first teams that come to mind elsewhere, like Brooklyn and Philly, like they could be broken up at any moment. Right. Uh, Miami right. due for a breakup. So I, you know, I, I, I feel Cleveland, like Detroit Boston, I, Boston's already there, certainly, but they're going to hang around there. Um, and, and then Toronto, Toronto will always be in that conversation and figure it out. And Detroit's interesting because, I mean, you know, they lose Cunningham for the year. Jaden Ivey, that's going to give him plenty of opportunity to probably handle the ball and play off the ball. And then they're Mm going to have a top pick. I mean, if they get the one or two pick, Detroit kind of emerges themselves in two years right back into the thick as well, don't you think? Yeah, they keep stacking individual talent. What we haven't seen is them put it together and mesh and have that connectivity like the Pacers. But in in terms of raw talent, absolutely. They keep adding all these great pieces. Jalen Durant uh, at 18 rebounds last night. He was a fantastic pick, I think, for them in the middle. Um, So they could if they ultimately are able to put it together as a group in a couple of years, absolutely. Okay, Scott, you're in a gas station. You go in to get yourself a Coke, and then you think, you know what, I'm kind of hungry. You're going to get a candy bar, but you're going to go a little off the beaten path this time, so you're not going with one of the staples. And by staples, oh, you know, man. What, what are you going with? Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, I feel like this is a, a conversation you have a lot, is what do you grab? My, my thing would probably be combos. But in Oh, the, the trip best road trip food ever, yes. Yeah, yeah, keep you around for quite a while. You keep digging in the bag. In terms of <laughs> other candy bars... I don't know. I my secondary. I feel like a crunch bar is a secondary. Yeah, that's a good one. That's good. Now, crunch or crackle? Which one do you go with? Crunch. I'm okay. not. I've never heard of crackle. Come on, man. Think. Crackle's the stepbrother. Crack, no, basically, crackle is the Hershey. <laughs> Listen, I, I, obviously, I'm more of a candy bar connoisseur than I realized. So Nestle makes crunch. It's the Nestle Crunch Bar. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Crackle is the red wrapped answer to the Nestle Crunch made by Hershey. Now, then, and I, I can't remember which one it is, there's somebody else that got creative and took that and then added a layer of caramel in the middle, and that's the 100 grand bar. Okay. okay. You are kind of we a candy nerd. A <laughs> yeah, 100 grand's good. Uh, uh, listen, the O'Henry, O'Henry's really good. I mean, O'Henry's very underrated. There's a lot of good candy bars. I'm surprised you guys haven't like. I mean, I think my I think my biggest response is that my dentist probably loves the fact that I am poor and answering these questions. I can't remember honestly the last candy bar I purchased. Now I got a Snickers in my stocking, but okay. I can't remember I'll the last that. candy bar I purchased. So this is apparently the same guy that is Snickers in your stocking is better than a Baby Ruth in the pool. Better than in your coffee, like you, <laughs> right, Mark? Yeah. There you go. I'll get you on this one, Scott, just so we can save the candy talk. Uh, can the Pacers sign Tyrese Halberton's dad? to some sort of like motivational speaker. Uh, I really like that video of him pumping up Buddy Heald the other night. Did you? I had a lot of um, questions about that. Mostly <laughs> I thought it was, was kind of funny that they're just like, hey, go score. All right. All right, I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You First of all, I love that he's around. His parents are sitting courtside at every game. But I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting to be sure. You know, right before – players are about to go warm up he's there talking with the guys and 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 i don't know if you want that or not quite frankly well pacers um, tweeted it out so they obviously don't mind it so they've yeah they've kind of embraced it all of us of uh maybe john morant's dad or uh carl anthony towns i think it's better than lamella balls stuff. yeah i was gonna say it could be worse <laughs> yeah but somehow they've managed to to quiet him when's the last time you've seen oh, we were just talking about that the dad. other day 
Yeah. I guess once you realize... It's been fantastic. It's almost like Michael Jordan said, hey, shut up, let me manage your kid here. We're good. We don't need you. Scott, in all honesty, I had heard that when Lonzo Ball was at UCLA, that... Lon, that in, in all honesty, that Lonzo Ball was a really good teammate and was not really a hassle at all, and that T.J. Leaf was the one that was kind of a diva. That's what I've always heard. I don't know how true that is. I didn't hear that last part, but the first part in terms of what Lonzo was is how he acted. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah that he was a good it, teammate, right? Good, Super low-key, good yeah. teammate. Yeah, I heard the same. Scott, um, appreciate the time as always. Scott Agnes with the Fieldhouse Files. Good. Scott, have a great very new good. year. Appreciate you jumping on with us every time we pick, we, uh, we ask you to. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Thanks, man. Now, we got to get Kurt on real quick because Kurt's been waiting patiently. I know we're up against it, but Kurt, our buddy in Arkansas, worked for Hershey for like 10 years. Okay. Kurt. Kurt, the zero bar uh, on the on the upper echelon of Hershey products when you were at Hershey's that they were telling you to promote, where did zero fall in line? It was, uh, it was very low on the priorities for them, but a huge, huge brand. I, I mean, huge... Um, when people taste it, people love it, right? Just no one knows about it. It sells pretty well at Walmart. They only have it in the king size bar at those registers well, I, there. I've noticed, so. Kurt, that the king size is, you know, America, I mean, we're fat, right? And so everything now, you, you can't buy anything but the king size anywhere or the share size. There's no more regular candy bars anywhere. That's right. That's right. Definitely uh, those king bars, everyone's pushing those. But I, I was going to say, you had a, a, a Heath for score comment earlier as yep. well. They're actually both owned by Hershey, and uh, Score is more in the Northeast, and it's more in Canada. It's a little bit darker chocolate, if I remember right. They're pretty close. But uh, the one bar I was going to tell you, and you just mentioned it, but there's a little take on, twist on it. O. Henry is really underrated. In the U.S., it's owned by <laughs> Nestle. Uh-huh. But in Canada, you've got to – next time you're in Canada or Toronto or somewhere, get the O. Henry. It's owned by Hershey up there, and it's actually got peanut butter in it instead of just the fudge with peanuts and all that. It is one of the best products well, out there. You know, no Sue Ellen Nitschke is uh, an heir to the O'Henry, an O'Henry fortune. Doesn't wear a bra too often, though. That's, that's, that's problematic, right. uh, <laughs> especially for <laughs> passing drivers. Okay, so, Kurt, real quick, before we let you go, um, who is the deluxe candy bar that the Colts need to get at the quarterback position? Well, you know, I just looking at this draft information, I know Mel Kuyper recently changed his ranking, and I think he's got Levin's number one, which I'm just really unsure about. And then I think he's got Bryce Young as two and C.J. Stroud three. But the, the point I'm thinking is I'm not sure we can say we have to go three deep. I think we're going to get the number four quarterback because Cardinals aren't winning another game. I think if Bears – I know, Mark, you'd be happy about this. If Bears, they should trade out, right, and get a, a good haul mm-hmm. of draft pick. Yep. So I think we're going to have the number four quarterback, which I haven't even watched him at all, but it would be Anthony Richardson. I hear he's like super athletic and all that, but I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. But those are just what I'm looking at. That tie bites us, and that stupid Denver game that we happen to win uh, is going to bite us as well. Well, that's, that's a good call there. Kurt, I appreciate it as always. That's a good call on – the the Denver game. I mean, yeah. Uh, whoever would have guessed that? And that was such a weird. I mean, they probably shouldn't have even won that game, right? No, you forget about it. It was such a bad game. I remember just watching this, and I was screaming at my television like, "This is horrible! Boy, this how- is the worst football ever!" And boy, that was what week five. How bad are things for Denver? Really bad. You got a contract. You just fired your rookie head coach. You're 
quarterback that you traded, you know, your future for and gave a huge contract extension for looks cooked. That's what I mean. I mean, their situation is terrible. Yeah, it's awful. I don't know. Like I said, I think that's the least desirable job of the available head coaching gigs right I, I now. I think if if team you're completely hamstrung with that. Yeah, and, and there were signs there, Mark. I mean, I realized that Russell Wilson, like this time a year ago, we were probably talking about on this radio station. I don't recall, oh, for sure. but there were definitely signs that something was off. And you know, there's a there's always a reason. It goes back to the saying of you know, sometimes if things are too good to be true, they just are. You know, there's we've all gone car shopping at some point, and you're looking at used cars, and you're like, wait a minute, like that's a really nice car, and it's only. You know, that's way underpriced. And then you take it to the mechanic and they're like, oh, well, wait a minute. Like this transmission's like on its last leg. Okay, well, that's why it's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always a reason. Yeah. And you're saying they should have checked the Carfax on Russell Wilson? Yes. And whenever somebody is in the bargain heap, more often than not, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. We'll get into that a little bit more. We've got Zach Kiefer at the top of the hour. Talk some more Colts and Derek Carr. It's Kevin and Query, 93.5-1075, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I'm going to play a quiz game with you, Mark Dykton. Sure. Zach Keeper going to join us about five minutes from now. We'll talk a little Colts with him. Been a good morning this morning on a Thursday. Good morning to you. Kevin Bowen back on Monday. We talked a little Derek Carr earlier. We also got into some Pacers chat, talked a little bowl games, and talked a lot of candy, candy bars. The zero bar, I'm telling you, I'm already getting rave reviews. People saying, yeah, it's changed I'm telling life. you, I will go to the gas station as soon as we get off the air here, and I will go, I will it's, find one, I will buy one, and I thing. will give you a review. It's the texture of it. Like when you, it has kind of a, a very, um, like a chewy type Well, I would texture. hope so if it's a candy bar. Well, but I mean, some candy bars are like, you know, they, like a, what, it's a softer chew. Okay. Right? So some candy bars are crispy. Mm-hmm. For example, Coffee Crisp. <laughs> Are you not familiar with the Coffee Crisp? Two wafers. Like I said, a slight James and I discussed flavoring. it. You've been about, you've been around the sun a lot more times than we have, so I think you're mentioning candies that may not be in existence anymore. There's zero chance that's correct. Do I need to get Kurt back on the phone? He knows. Hell, he knows what states they go to. He's uh, Arkansas Kurt. So, so my my trivia question for you this morning, Mark, is this: Without looking, I need you to look at me so I know you're not cheating. Yeah, not look at your wife. Okay, uh-huh. you've got, he's he's now covering his eyes. Yep. Uh, today, numerically, is what December what? The 29th, right? Nice. Okay. I just think this week it becomes the real challenge for me from a psychological standpoint this week. Aside from the fact that, that was your trivia question for me, what the date was? I, I think there are a lot of people that are like, what the hell date is it? Because you know that Christmas is the 25th and you know that New Year's is obviously, you know, the 31st and the 1st. But like we get into this, the week between Christmas and New Year's, like, is it vacation? Is it not? Are people working? Are they not? 
it's like the the biggest punt week ever and i think a lot of people oh, are sure. just like we're just clicking off days between the two to me it's like can we just get january started because the faster we start january the faster we're done with it now i feel like we I, if we could just skip january altogether january is the punt month i feel like because you, you get through christmas the highs go, now you're like okay now there's the sad christmas trees outside waiting to get burned or thrown in the trash everybody's trying to like eh, i gotta take the christmas lights down this week and all that stuff so i feel like january is really when you're kind of like it's just bleak it's snowy there's no really you know not a ton of holidays uh, to look forward seen, to have you seen rocky four you're gonna yell at me for this one i've never seen a rocky movie beginning to end What? Yeah. I mean, I've seen it, but I've never watched okay, one beginning fair. to end. That's fair. Is that the one with the robot? Which one's <laughs> that one? I think that's Rocky 3. That The, the <laughs> kid, Rocky's kid, once they brought him into the mix, it was like, okay. You know, it's kind of like that little Sam fell on different strokes. Just We don't need that, right? Rocky 4. Rocky 4 might be the one with the robot. I think it's Rocky 3 has the robot, but... Rocky Four is where he goes to Russia. Okay, to train. Oh yeah, I've seen that. I've seen and parts they, of they that. They show one. the scenes of him. I must break you. That's right. And when he's in Russia, he's going through like four feet of snow with a log on his back, and he's like trying to carry the log. While that's what all of January feels like to me. You know, like February is not bad because you. I think we discussed this yesterday. February is not bad because you know March is around the corner. And if it snows in late February, you're like, eh, who cares? I mean, it's going to be warm in like three weeks. If if we get like a blizzard in a week, it's like, oh my gosh, how long is this going to be here? Like, yeah. I just read, by the way, I want to buy, in Buffalo, New York, there's a place called C&C Cuts. Mm-hmm. I wish he sold hats, which I guess would be not smart for a barber to do. It's a barber shop. Right. You want to show it off, not to cover it up. Correct. So it probably would not be wise of him to sell hats. But if he sold T-shirts, I'd buy one also because C&C Cuts is a fellow. I believe his name is Cedric. And he, uh, Craig, sorry, Craig Elston. He's kind of gone viral, but he owns a barber shop. You know, Buffalo had, Buffalo got absolutely, I mean, it was... Not good. Oh, did you see? Uh, you know the the Bills fan, Bills players when they got back to the Buffalo airport after they played the Bears on Christmas Eve, they got back to the airport and how they had to the mountains of snow that were on top of their vehicles. Well, yeah, I mean they got fifty two inches of snow in in like a week, but Mark, there've been like thirty fatalities in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean it's it it is wild, and there you know people that were lost power, etc. Uh, when that storm hit, Craig Elston owns the barber shop in Buffalo, and I'm sure there are millions of stories, not millions, but I'm sure there are a lot of stories like this, but uh, the barber shop that he owns, C&C Cuts, he basically just said, I'm going to open this up to whoever needs a place. And people that got trapped, they said more than 50 people stayed there. Wow. Charged their phone, he fed them, they, had, you know, they were sleeping on the floor, sleeping in the barber chairs, but you know, the fact that they were out of the cold... And, you know, there were people like, look, man, you saved my life. I was trapped in my car. I, I had nowhere to go, and I would have frozen to death. I mean, it was 30 below zero, right? I'd like to buy a T-shirt from you. Yeah, those are the stories you like to hear about. Guys, people, you know, people helping people is always good. Uh, Zach Kiefer joins us now on the Payless Liquors Hotline. We've been talking a lot about the Colts this morning. And, Zach, I'm sure this will stun you, but a topic of the conversation 
and I'm sure that this name is probably there are probably guys doing morning radio in Denver this morning that have talked about this guy. There are probably guys doing morning radio in Charlotte that have talked about this guy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Derek Carr, are we wasting oxygen by analyzing and looking at this, or do you think the Colts will kick the tires? And do we even know if he's available for that matter? I think he's going to be available, Jake. Um, I think the easy joke is here he comes. And I'll tell you why he's not coming. The Colts are tired of the rent-a-QB cycle. They're tired of mm. picking up someone else's scrap quarterback. Do you think Chris Ballard's tired of it, or do you think Jim Irsay is, or both? I know Jim Irsay is tired of it. I think Chris Ballard has to be, too. It's exhausting. They've swung and missed the last two times they've done that. And I think the, the Philip Rivers success they had in 2020 sort of emboldened them to keep doing this, even though it is a very risky enterprise. Like, look at the situation they're in right now with Matt Ryan. They pushed back some money to 2023, thinking this is going to be a two-year marriage. And now they're going to have to eat $18 million even if he doesn't play for the team next year. 35 if he does. And, and he's not your starter, right? So there's just huge financial implications to these decisions. And I think Derek Carr is going to be starting somewhere. I think it's probably the New York Jets, if I'm just going to throw out a name today. But, no, Jake, I think from, from, from my talks with Jim Irsay in the last six, seven months, this team from the very top is tired of going the veteran QB route. It's time to go draft one. So is it because they don't want to kick the tires and Derek Carr and go down that path again, or they truly like the quarterback class that's going to be available in 2023? That's something, Mark, we're going to find out in the next couple of months, right? Because they're going to say certain things over the next couple of months, and what they really mean is what we're going to learn come April 28th or 29th in the first round. Do they really like these quarterbacks enough to take one in the top five or six? Um, but the reality is, and this is a story I have up this morning on The Athletic, Matt Ryan's contract is, is not easy to get out of. You're going to have to eat $18 million if you release him. If he's on the roster, it's $35 million. So you're kind of hoping he retires. Now, Nick Foles' contract is much more manageable. It's just $1.5 next year if you release him. But don't you need somebody on the roster in terms of a veteran quarterback if you do draft a quarterback, because it doesn't necessarily mean that these guys, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, I'm not really sure these guys are ready to start right away. Not like the last two times the Colts have drafted a quarterback in round one. So they're going to have to bring in a veteran of some sort. But really, if you ask me right now, I don't think it's going to be Nick Foles that's here next year. I think Nick Foles retires. He came here to play for Frank Reich. He's made that very clear. Frank's not here. I just don't see Foles coming back to Indianapolis. Zach, Zach Kiefer of The Athletic is our guest on the Payless Sugars Hotline. The reality is this, if we're to point it this simply or put it in terms this simply, are the Colts going to draft a quarterback six months from now or whatever it is, five, four months from now? Are they going to do that because they are in love with a quarterback and feel like that's the guy or because they painted themselves into a corner where they can't avoid it any longer. Yeah, that's dangerous, right, Jake? Like, telling yourself you have to draft a right. position. And it runs against everything they've preached for years, right? And at some point, you're going to have to roll the dice. At some point, you're going to have to stop being scared, and you're going to have to draft a quarterback. And this is the best chance they've had since really 2018 when they had the third pick. Now they traded back to six and picked up a couple second-rounders with the Jets. But – 
Yeah, Jake, I mean, that's something that they're thinking about. Like, I know Jim Irsay wants a quarterback. I know he wants to draft one with that first pick. But I also know Jim Irsay knows that if you force yourself into a position, that's really dangerous. You talk yourself into a guy, and then you try to make it work, and, and that's not the way to do it. You have to let it work sort of organically. And the reality is they're going to draft a quarterback, and he's going to come into a team that's not going to be perfect. I mean, there's a lot of worry on this offensive line. We don't know who's going to be back next year. Um, we don't know if they have a good left tackle or not. So, you know, those are things they're going to have to weigh. Like, it's not just drafting a guy. It's committing to build the right way around him. And that didn't go great the last time they took a quarterback really high in the draft. You know, the other thing, Zach, and I hope this makes sense what I'm about to say, where I think the Colts have erred is if you're truly evaluating – whether or not your offensive roster is a quarterback away, it's kind of hard to know that because the quarterbacks that they keep putting in there are the same guy. You know, whether and, and Philip Rivers played at a high level, and kudos to him. But Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, with you know, on, on the bad ankle, Nick Foles, Matt Ryan, to me, they're all guys that their limitations were the same. So it's kind of hard to truly assess and evaluate what that offense looks like if they had a young, mobile, and dynamic leader. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think part of that is is the allure of Sam Ellinger back in, what is it, late October, from the higher-ups was, oh, he's, he's mobile. He can move around more than, more than Nick and more than Matt. Yeah, I mean, sure, but let's not call this what it isn't he's not Lamar Jackson and right. so you're right like that's going to be the fun thing is that's the future and I know that Jim Irsay knows this and and he hasn't ruled out like playing two quarterbacks sort of within the same season because he thinks that might be the future unless you have a star quarterback like a Mahomes or an Allen or etc so I think they're they're looking sort of at the new wave and how these guys do it and that was sort of the allure of Sam Ellinger on a much lesser scale, right? He's not as dynamic as some of those other guys. But I, I think, you know, the mobile mobility, and, and Frank Reich talked about this, like if you can get a quarterback who can run for three first downs in a game, that can change everything. And you guys know, I mean, the last two games the Colts started, someone besides Matt Ryan, they're 0 for 24 on third down. So any, any way you can find those, those first downs, that's a good thing. Zach, let's say the Colts end up with the sixth overall pick in the draft let's just, just, just hypothetically put it there if there's a QB the Colts want do you think Chris Ballard assuming he's here as GM in 2023 would they be bold enough to go trade up and go get him we know that Ballard's been pretty conservative when it comes to you know trading up with draft capital and all that stuff do you think that would be kind of like a mandate from Jim Mercer himself like hey go get this guy no matter what it costs how do you think they would approach that that if that scenario comes up Mark I'm not ruling anything out this season has shown us that anything can happen. And, and Ballard has been aggressive at very, very few instances where he wants to go get a guy, whether it's in free agency or through a trade or in the draft. He has traded up to go get guys before. It's usually in the third round. It's not the splash ones in the first round that we think of. But, look, I mean, they're going to – the interesting thing about Will Levis, and this is a guy that everybody has them pegged to, the Kentucky quarterback, huge arm, built like Andrew Luck, disappointing season this year with a lot of moving parts around us. Here's the interesting part about that. Brad White is a defensive coordinator at the University of Kentucky, and he was here for a couple years. Chris Ballard knows him really well. If they draft this guy, it's because Brad White, I think, signed off on him. He's been there every day. 
there's no better scout in the world than someone who's in the building with this guy every day. If they don't, it's probably because Brad Weiss didn't sign off on him. So I think that's a fascinating layer in this. They've got a really good set of eyes that are inside the Kentucky program. So if they are drafting six, like you said, Mark, that's probably the guy they're going to have the best shot at. And does that mean they have to get up to five or four? We'll see who's up there. We'll see who wants a quarterback. Carolina, I don't know what Seattle does. I don't know if they want a quarterback. Chicago probably doesn't draft one. Houston definitely does. That's going to be fascinating over the next couple of months. But, look, like, it's time to go get one. Like, this is not working. You can't sit back and wait for one, and you can't be afraid to fail either. Zach Keepers, our guest from The Athletic. He's on the Payless Sugars Hotline. Zach, um, Obviously, you heard Jim Irsay's comments regarding Chris Ballard in the pregame um, the other night on ESPN. Is there any chance that – I'm not saying that I'm hoping for this, that, that came out the wrong way, but uh, Jim Irsay has been one that has you know, changed his mind at the 11th hour at times. Any chance that happens with Chris Ballard? And then the, the follow-up, I guess, to that would be, do we know for certain that Chris Ballard wants to be here? Yeah, good question, Jake. Totally fair. Um Anything is possible. Like, I can't harp on this enough. Like, they hired an ESPN analyst in week nine to, to coach this team. Like, anything is possible. They, they blew a 33-point halftime lead. Like, anything is possible right now with this franchise. I can't stress that enough. Look, I've talked to Jim Irsay during the season. He intends to bring Chris Ballard back. That is what he's saying. He has not wavered on that. I really do believe that. Now, he's made three unilateral decisions above Chris Ballard in the last calendar year that are very fascinating. That's reason to your second question, right? Does Chris Ballard want to be here? From my conversations with Chris and from everything I've heard, absolutely, he does want to be here. He built this. He's responsible for this mess. Um, And I think a big part of him wants to fix that because there's very obvious holes and there's very obvious roster flaws that have his hands on it. So um, from everything I understand, he absolutely wants to be here. But I think it's a fair question because – when you're a general manager and you're not making those decisions on who's the interim coach and who's who's the quarterback you keep, that can be really difficult. I think it's a fair question to ask. If you're giving a letter grade at the end of the season for Chris Ballard and Jeff Saturday, what grade are they treading towards? I mean, you guys want me to be real? It's an F. It's a complete failure. Like, you don't get – there's no, like, sympathy points. Like, this is a mess, and they're both guilty. And like I said at the beginning, I, I said at the beginning, like, I'm not blaming Jeff Saturday for this. Like, and maybe my stance has changed, and I don't know where you guys are at. Like, I'm not blaming Parks Frazier for this. And, and Jeff, I don't know why he took this job. I think he likes the challenge, and I think he loves the Colts, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think the guys like him. The coaches like him, and the players like him, and there's something to be said for that because this is such a strange situation, and they're completely getting worse by the week. But I'm not blaming Jeff Saturday for this. This is, this is Chris Ballard, and, and more so this is Jim Ursay. Like, this is the bed they've made. So, Mark, I mean, to answer your question, this is a team that was picked to win the AFC South. Some had them multiple playoff wins. And to be where they're at right now, to embarrass themselves the way they did on Monday Night Football and the week before and what I saw in Minnesota and the week before and what I saw in Dallas, this is an F. Everybody involved deserves an F. So if it's an F, that's that's why I can't wrap my head around it. Then why why is this team an effort? It, it wasn't good enough for Frank Reich, who's gone, but it's good enough for Chris Bauer to possibly come back, put his name on another draft class, draft the future quarterback of this franchise, possibly hand out contract extensions. And, why, and, and, and it's not going to be a one-year thing. It'll probably be multiple years. Why is it good enough for Chris Ballard? An F effort, yet he's going to get another crack at free agency, 
future quarterback, draft class, all that, contract extensions. Why is that good enough for him? Yeah, that's a good question, and that's one we'll have to ask Jim Mercer after the season because he's the only one who answers that because he's the only one who makes that decision. Um, you know, I did talk to Jim about a month ago, and he said, look, Chris has been up against it. Now there's been a lot that's come their way. I totally understand that. Context is important. I think they were really on the come in 2018 when Luck was healthy. He retired. Everyone knows what happened. But the grace period's up. It's been up for a couple of years. It's over. Um, they have screwed this up royally the last two years with the quarterback spot. Um, I think a big part of it, Mark, is, is the draft. I think Jim Mercer thinks very highly of Chris Ballard's ability to draft. And Jim is not going to go in the draft room and pick players. Like, he's not going to be scouting and studying these guys. Like, that's what his GM is for. And in most cities, the GM, you know, does the other thing that Jim Mercer has been sort of stepping in on over the last couple of months. But um, that's going to be something they sort out. And whoever this new coach is, whether it's just Saturday or somebody else, um, you know, where it's just, it's messy. If you guys go back to 2017, they kept on Chuck Pagano and they start, it's just, it's just really awkward when you have a GM and coach that's sort of an arranged marriage. And that's what this is going to be. Do you keep Ballard on the entire time? The new coach stays here. Like it's just, it's sort of setting them up to fail almost in a way. It's just, I just feel like it doesn't usually end well when it goes like this. Zach, let me give you another one that's awkward because we like this guy. And I think that the shortcomings of this player this year have kind of flown under the radar because we have we've kind of been listening to to the knocking under the hood everywhere but in the actual perhaps centerpiece of where there's issue. And I know that they had, and I said this earlier, I want to be very careful for both me and you to protect us here, Zach, that I don't want people to misunderstand us. Ryan Kelly went through a very heartbreaking and terrible personal loss with his wife losing a daughter last year. And I know how, you know, I, I don't by any stretch of the imagination, that, that takes priority. You know, his family, that is the most important thing. I don't know if that's the reason that he's regressed this year. I want to be sensitive to it if it is, but the reality is from a football standpoint, he has regressed. And next year his contract triples. Are the Colts going to have an uncomfortable situation of analyzing the center position? Yeah, I, you know, like respectfully to Ryan, I can't answer that. I don't think anybody besides he can. But to be, you know, totally football-minded, he's regressed. He hasn't been the same player. Ryan will tell you that. He's told me that after <laughs> dang near every game. Like, they understand where the problems are. And, and the same can be said for Quentin Nelson. And the same can be said for Braden Smith at times, although I think Braden's been pretty good, pretty up to his standard most of the season. But, you know, to answer your second question, Jake, I think you look at every single piece of this roster and you reevaluate you look at every dollar you're spending. You look at where it's going. You look at a team built around a left guard and an off-ball linebacker who missed most of the season. Do you pay a running back top dollar? I, I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor isn't one of the best running backs in the league, but do you want to be a team that's built to win in 1995 when you're supposed to win in 2023? And um, they just have some fascinating contract and money decisions to make and I think everything needs to be evaluated, and every player on this roster, no matter what they've done in the past, needs to be evaluated. And I think Ryan Kelly is a part of that discussion because one of these, a, a trade, 
or, you know, moving some pieces or just releasing guys, I think that's completely on the table because of how badly this has gone. By the way, I'm sure you're thrilled to know, Zach, Kiki QT re-signed to the practice squad for the Colts. Big news at the receiver position, right? Hell yeah. Just did that about 10 minutes ago. That was just announced, I believe. Um, Changes the season. That's right. <laughs> they released tight end Dominique Daphne. That was actually the sound you heard. The Colts backing Dominique Daphne out of the complex is what you heard behind Zach. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It, was on the, it was on a forklift. Uh, the Athletic is where you can read Zach Kiefer's work. Zach, appreciate it as always. Happy New Year to you, man. Thanks, guys. You too. All right, Zach Kiefer from The Athletic on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Time for a morning checkdown. The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at BallStateSports.com on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We'll start with exactly that. Ball State last night moving to 9-4, and four, five in a row now for Michael Lewis's bunch. Jerron Coleman had 16 Jalen Sellers added 14 as Ball State knocked off Chicago State last night at Worthen Arena in Muncie, 70-63. to College basketball this afternoon. It is number one Purdue taking on Florida A&M at Mackey. The Boilers coming in at 12-0. That's a 5 o'clock tip. Florida A&M, by the way, 0-8 on the road. So uh, not looking good for them taking on the number one team in the country, but that's why they play the games. Providence and Butler at 630 at Hinkle, Providence coming in with a five-game win streak. Butler trying to snap a two-game skid. Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Robert Morris. Evansville at Indiana State. Southeast Missouri at Southern Indiana. And Valpo at Drake, the other state games from today. Round the NBA, Pistons, Wizards, uh, Nets, Heat, Kings, Warriors, Pelicans, Bulls, all winners in their respective games last night. The Pacers are losers. Oh, plenty of them. There's eight losers yesterday. Can you believe that? Eight losers in eight games? Crazy. Crazy. Pacers get back on the court tonight. They host the Cavaliers. Uh, Cavs currently in a two-game losing streak. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. We have the pregame starting at 6.30 right here on these airwaves. Another good one tonight. Clippers against the Celtics. that's That's a good one. That's that a good one on the NBA schedule. Those are the only two good ones. The, the, the rest of them kind of stink. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Clippers are going to round out the new year. Uh, college football yesterday, pretty good one actually in Memphis in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, fifty-five, fifty-three, Arkansas over Kansas. The Razorbacks had led thirty to thirty-eight, thirteen late in the third. For Kansas came roaring back, forced overtime. It went to three overtimes before Arkansas secured the win. Also in the Texas Bowl, 42-25 Texas Tech over Ole Miss. And the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, which was played on the Allisonville Little League Baseball Diamond, Oregon 28-27 over North Carolina. We got a triple header today. Syracuse and Minnesota play in the bad boy mowers oh, pinstripe bowl. Let's see if bowl. I can guess the bowl. You tell me the matchup and I'll tell you the bowl. Well, game. I just ruined that one first one for you. Okay, here's the other two. Oklahoma against Florida State. Uh, I'm going to guess that's the Alamo Bowl. Nope. Nope. Okay. Think of uh, cheese snacks. Uh, cheese it. There you go. Bowl. Cheese it bowl. We know it's not the cheese it bowl. That's at the Camping the World Stadium in Orlando. Okay. And then uh, what other one? 20 Texas against number 12 Washington. In San Antonio, um, Texas. That's got to be the Alamo Bowl. You are correct. Look at you go. Purdue used to own the Alamo Bowl. And count it down, folks. down to the Sun Bowl. We're only a day away from the Duke's Mayo Bowl, Jake's favorite bowl no, of, all, no, 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 no. of all time, favorite topping on any sandwich. Listen, there are two big bowl games tomorrow. Do you want to know what they are? What? Wyoming and Ohio are playing each other. Mm-hmm. Go Pokes. Which one's that one? Could you name it? Oh, hold on. I do know that. Do you have it in front of you? Yeah. Give me the state. No, that'll kind of give oh, away. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. 
Is it the Boca Raton Bowl? No. Okay, hold on. If I give you the name of the state that it's in, it gives away the name, the game. Okay, we'll table that. Uh, the other one tomorrow night, the Jason Hammer, Jake Query t-shirt on the line bowl. That is the Orange Bowl between Tennessee and Clemson at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. That one you hit, and you were thinking of the Barstool Sports Arizona That's Bowl for right. Ohio, Wyoming. Yep, okay. Go Pokes. Okay. There you go. That's your Friday. Pop quiz is next. 239-1070. Go five for five. You get a Jiffy Lube oil change. Give us a call. Again, 239-1070. You're listening to Kevin and Query, 93.5-1075, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Have you studied? Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the pop quiz with Kevin and Query. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. Okay, before we get to the pop quiz, uh, my Pacer game seat neighbor, who sits next to me at the games, Dean, dropped off a zero bar for you to try, Mark. Yeah. We'll have to get into that. You want me to do it now, or you want to save for after the pop Absolutely quiz? Absolutely now. I mean, you can do it during the during the course of the pop quiz, but right. I want you... Here, here's how we're going to do this, though. And then we're going to get to the pop quiz, 239-1070, if you want to participate in the pop quiz. the Now, it's listed as a caramel peanut and almond nougat covered with white fudge, okay? Bef- before you taste it, when you... If we are... We're going to go with NFL quarterbacks. No bias, so you can't say Justin Fields. When you taste it, I want you to tell me, like, if it's the best candy bar you've ever had, then it's like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. If it's the worst, then it would be what? Like, probably Zach, Zach Wilson. Yeah. So that's that's your scoring criteria. Okay. So, so I've torn it open. It's white chocolate. Uh-huh. It's got some caramel. It's got some nougat. It also says it's got peanuts, peanut and almond. I think there might be some peanut in there. Scotty, okay. would you like part of a zero bar? No, thank you. Okay. I, uh, he passed on it. All right. Here we go, folks. Mr. Buzzkill Scotty. First off, the the texture, the chewiness is is fabulous, is it not? Marcus. I mean, it's quite, it, it's chewy like a candy bar should be, but it's a it's like a white Snickers kind of, but not as good as a Snickers. What about a Mars bar? Have you had a Mars bar? Mm-mm. Mars bar is basically Snickers but with almond instead of peanut. Marcus. So I have to think of a quarterback. This reminds me of. Yeah. In the meantime, why don't you give me number one through six? Um, let's go with three. All right. Three, who do we have, James? We've got Kenny. Kenny, what's up? What's up, buddy? <laughs> what's up, Kenny? Kenny, How's have you... going, man? This Kenny, Kenny Shoes, you remember me, man. I do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've talked many times. I guess the only way I could re- remind you is uh, we had a pop quiz before, and you gave me a hint of uh, Dent or something that happened to your car, and I guess Richard Dent, and it was like... Okay. Well, thanks, bro. Now, now, have you had a zero bar before, Kenny? Absolutely. Have you had a cowtail? Cowtail? No, I've that cowtails are the those are long, kind of like a uh, well, they're like a chicka stick, but they're yeah, cowtail is like a um, oh, it's not marshmallow, but it's like a sugar caramel, right? Absolutely. Like a powdered I caramel. I stumped you, Jake. You've, you've never had one. you got to go out. No, and I have had one. I had to, bring Jake I had to think about it. No, I had to think about it. I have. It's a white wrapper with orange writing, and then it's it's actually, uh, it's like a caramel with a white powdered confectionate sugar around it, correct? 
Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, uh, Mark, your thoughts on the zero bar? I'm going to give it like a Kirk Cousins rating. It's all right. I don't think it's going to win you anything. It's okay. Okay. Well, I'm just saying it's all right. It's not thanks, for me. The white for, chocolate. The white chocolate's not for me. Uh, Appreciate Kenny, you dropping it off, Kenny. Would you like for me? That would be Jake. Or would you like for uh, the the man with no taste buds, Mark, to I have lead taste you buds. off? That, was, that wasn't the best. We we got to go with Jake, man. Every time. <laughs> You're the man, Kenny. You are, <laughs> Kenny. Where right. did you grow up, by the way? Where did I grow up? Yeah. In Martinsville. Okay, and so were you an artesian? Absolutely. What year? Uh, 92. Do you know Dean Sisson? Man, I've lo- I've forgotten so many people. I probably did back <laughs> in the day, but I don't know them anymore. All right, fair enough. Dean was my man <laughs> from Martinsville. All right, here we go. Question number one for you, Kenny. Cowboys at Titans are on Thursday Night Football tonight. Who leads that all-time series? They have played 15 times, and one of the teams has won eight of the 15 matchups. Is it the Dallas Cowboys or the Tennessee Titans? I'm going to go Dallas on this one. All righty. All right. On this day in 1963, the Chicago Bears defeat the New York Giants 14-10 to win their franchise's eighth NFL championship. How many NFL titles have the Bears won since 1963? Scotty just kicking me right where it hurts. One, two, three, or four? 63. Let's go two. Basically, how many Super Bowls have the Bears won? One. Okay. I was going to say, there's one really popular one. Question number three. Which of the following is not an actual college football bowl game being played this bowl season? This is a fabulous, fabulous question by Scotty. So which of these following is not real, okay? The, well, not I shouldn't say that. Which of the following is simply not being this played this year? The Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle? The Lockhead Martin Armed Forces Bowl? Lockheed, sorry. Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. The Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Or the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. One of those is not actually being played this year. And I think Ben Wallace liked it. I'm going to say the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. All Mark, right, you got to uh, read the fine number. <laughs> I know. Number four. Yesterday was the 64th anniversary of the greatest game ever played, the Baltimore Colts' 23-17 win over the New York Giants in the 1958 NFL Championship game. Colts receiver Raymond Berry had 12 receptions for 178 yards and a touchdown in the win. Berry's 12 catches would remain an NFL title game record into the 21st century. Who broke Barry's record? Was it A, Deion Branch, B, Demarius Thomas, C, Wes Welker, or D, James White? I'm going to say Wes Welker. Okay. Good guess. All right, last question. There has never been a shutout in Super Bowl history. There were seven shutouts in NFL championship game history, and today marks the 54th anniversary of the last shutout in NFL championship game history. Who was the last team to pitch a shutout in an NFL championship game who also loves Mayflower trucks? The Cleveland Browns, the Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers, or the Baltimore Colts? I'm going to say Baltimore Colts. <laughs> okay. Man, man, what gave that one away? My man. Kenny, what line of work are you in now? I know you told me before. What do you do for a living? 
I work for B&J Mechanical, buddy, for all your AC and heating needs. Okay, well, I appreciate that. And you, uh, this got to be a busy time of year for you. Uh, what What Absolutely. is your shift? Are, you're not, are you working right now? Yes, sir, I am. Okay, well, we won't tell the folk at B&G that you know, you're yeah. calling in for the pop quiz, right? Yeah, I'm taking a break, bro. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Uh, question number one, the answer in the Cowboys-Titans Thursday Night Football, you are correct. The Cowboys lead the series 8-7. to seven. On this day in 1963, the Bears defeat the Giants to win their franchise's eighth NFL championship. How many NFL titles have the Bears won since 1963? I was a little over a month old when this game was played. The answer is one, Super Bowl twenty, following the 85 season. I made a bet in that game. I gave somebody, first wager I've ever made, I was at the YMCA on my basketball team, and I bet, I think it was Smiley Adcook, that the Bears would win. I gave him 35 points. We bet a, we bet a, co- a can of Coke after practice. I bet I gave him thirty five, and they won forty six to ten. Yeah, I, I've I've always heard oh, stories wow. that I was a little over a month old, and um, we were watching the game at my uncle, aunt and uncle's house, and the guys were all screaming and yelling, and my aunt, mom kept running. The baby's sleeping. You're waking the baby. <laughs> oh, that was you. That was me. Okay. Uh, Demarius Thomas, by the way, was the answer for number four, and Baltimore Colts for number five. But when I dropped the hint of Ben Wallace, I probably should have said. Uh, more along the lines of Bill Lambeer, Isaiah Thomas. They were the bad boys. The bad boys mower Gasparilla Bowl. Bad uh, boys mowers now sponsors the Pinstripe Bowl. And the Gasparilla Bowl is sponsored by Union Home Mortgage. So bad boy mowers Gasparilla Bowl was the correct answer. Kenny, I regret to inform you, you are not the winner on today's pop quiz, but you are always the winner in our heart and for those folks at B&G Mechanical for your heating and air conditioning needs. Apparently. B&J. But B&J, cool, sorry. <laughs> Thank sorry, you, B&J. man. You guys have, it's, it's just good to get to talk to you guys, man. I love listening to you, Jake. I know you like yourself a lot, but when somebody's talking and they're intelligent and I can learn something from them, especially sports, I'm going to listen. So I appreciate you guys. Well, I appreciate you, that, Kenny. Kenny. I do love me some me. That is correct. But no, I'm kidding aside, I appreciate it. Happy New Year to you, man. Um, and grab yourself a zero bar. Mark, did you finish your zero bar? I, I took a bite. I haven't finished it yet. There's another half. James, if you want James, it. James, you want to have to. We'll have James, we're going to have James test it right okay. now. Okay. Throw it over right. to James. No, you got the, the part I, the in the wrapper still. It's going to spill everywhere. Spill? It's not liquid. It's a candy bar. It's ripped open. It's not a candy shake. Uh, James, James, who's filling in, will try out the zero bar. We'll get his review on the other side here. It's Kevin and Query on a Thursday, 93.5-1075 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You are listening to Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. So, James, have you tried the Zero Bar yet? I have not. I'm about to right now. Had the whole break there for him. To, I mean, most people would be. <laughs> He's busy right back in, there. Right? I've, I've been on there. He's, there's a lot going on. <laughs> I, I wanted. I wanted to save the good stuff for on air. You like, did have a, a a a good assessment where you said it looks like a protein bar. And Mark, you might be right in the fact that the name Zero people think you know that it's like a zero. Although it says very clearly on it, 230 calories per bar. But maybe people think it's like some sort of a health. Well, because why is it called Zero then? What's the point? Well, I'm sure there's. Scotty looked up the history of it. They've been around since 1920. They thought that the frosty white appearance 
the frosty white appearance. Made it sound cold. Or oh. Zero. Oh, zero degrees. Oh. Okay. I got you. Well, that's the thinking in 1920. You really got to chew this. <laughs> it's pretty cold outside. See, we last, should call it zero. Last week, this was called a sub-zero. Yeah. So, you, really, you really have to chew this thing, don't you? Yeah, I told you. It's a, it's got a nice chewy texture to it, right? Yeah, I mean, See, it's I think, it, it's, I think it's the white chocolate that I'm just not a fan of white chocolate. I think that's it. You don't like white chocolate? Not much. I hate dark chocolate, too. But you keep asking, you keep asking me that question. <laughs> you know, for what it's... I'm just saying. Um... There apparently there's like this controversy. Have you heard about this controversy with the coverage of and thank goodness it was you know everything worked out a missing baby in Ohio that was found here in Indianapolis? No. So basically there's controversy about it? Well, there was So my understanding is and I haven't read the whole story here. But there were two twin babies in the back seat of a car in Columbus, Ohio, and I believe a Papa John's, and their mom was doing DoorDash. And when she went in to get the DoorDash pickup, uh, a man by the name of Nayla Jackson is the alleged suspect, um, got in the car to steal it and realized there were two twin boys and apparently left one of them at the Dayton airport. And then the other one was still in the car and was found in Indianapolis. I don't know the specifics of it, but the Indianapolis Star has done an article interviewing the two women that apparently like helped find and secure safety for this child Uh but the national news outlets both fox news and cnn who are like adversaries of one another but both of them have been telling a different story about police work that led them to track down and find the baby without necessarily credit to the two women Hmm. so it's like this disparity of you know, like, why are two totally different stories being told? Weird. It is weird. That is very bizarre. Uh, so you said there are some bowl games today, right? How much of the bowl games do you watch? Like, how how into bowl games do you get? Not too often. Like, I, once the, uh, once the actual, like, that's the, I've always been kind of like this with the bowl games. I'm like, the, no, most of these are just, like, exhibition. Like, they're, they're preseason games in the postseason, basically. Like, they don't really mean much, you know, obviously, because you're just kind of like, okay, a, a five and a seven and six teams playing? What are we doing here? But I'll, I'll watch, obviously, the playoff games this weekend when they take place and, obviously, the national championship. But I'll watch them here and there if they're on, but... They kind of take a. They're kind of like you know, kind of background noise for the most part. I I think that's a good way of saying a background noise. And if they're a good game, you're like, oh, okay, it gives you something to watch, right? Yeah, because I was I was locked in on Oregon North Carolina last night. I was watching that one. I don't know if I'm going to check out too much of the ones tonight. Obviously, the Duke's Mayo Bowl is the pinnacle game that I will have all my. That's I mean, wife and kids will take a backseat to that one because that's I mean Maryland NC State. How are you passing that one up? Duke's <laughs> Mayo Bowl. Come on now. <laughs> Kevin will be all sweaty because uh, Notre Dame and South Carolina play in the Gator Bowl. You'll the, the, be sweaty because Clemson takes on no, Tennessee. I'm going to be sweaty because they're going to dump mayo on the winning coach of that Duke's Mayo Bowl. And I'm telling you, like, if I was the coach, give me a school that I would be coaching. 
Just give me a school off the top of your head. <laughs> of a, a Division One school? Yeah, just... I'm the head coach at, insert the name of, of Ohio. Ohio. If I'm the Ohio head coach and you are the head coach at where? I'll take Wyoming. Well, no, I want Wyoming. <laughs> okay, you can't have okay. it. If I'm You're co- working in Ohio. If, if I'm, the, <laughs> if I'm, fine, fine. I've been to Athens, Ohio. As a matter of fact, my buddy Brad Fields and I, junior year of high school, went to go visit his cousin in Athens, Ohio at Ohio University, and we got there on a Friday night, I told you this before, and we went out with uh, his cousin that we were staying with, and while we were out and about off campus, uh, we came back and there were fire trucks everywhere, and we're like, what happened? And the dorm room burnt down. No oh boy. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll take I'll take UCF. So okay. there, you're Ohio, I'm UCF. Okay. So you're UCF and I'm Ohio in the burnt dorm. And so if I was... If you were leading me by, you have a four-point lead with 10 seconds to go, and I've got the ball on the five-yard line. Mm-hmm. Your five or my five? Your five. Okay. Last play of the game in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, I would kick a field goal. Yeah? Only because the winning coach gets Duke's mayo dumped on them, and I want my body nowhere near that horrific devil spawn of mayonnaise all over my body. That's so, just temporary. You could take a shower. It doesn't It's got matter. some vitamins in it. Vitamin K, vitamin E. You can always use some of that. No. <laughs> no one is dumping mayonnaise anywhere near me or anything that I'm going to consume in terms so of So when food. you eat like a turkey sandwich, what, what's on there? Bread and turkey? Swiss. But no like condiment of any sort? Maybe mustard. Oh, man. Anti-mayo. Yes. Pro zero, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, this zero bar, though, the white chocolate, if that was mayonnaise on it, hard pass. Yeah. Not going to happen for me. No, well, Maybe they should have called mayo zero in 1920. Well, it's white, like the snow. Well, zero is the percent chance that I'm eating anything with mayonnaise. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Oh, all right. Not going to happen. I, it is, I, I don't know. There's something about like the egg. Well, first off, egg whites in general, horrific. Mm-hmm. Although I do like an egg white omelet, but like hard boiled egg, like a hard boiled egg, the egg oh, white yeah, omelet. Oh, no thanks. Negative. Yeah. Hard pass, right? Mm-hmm. We're, but, we agree there. But the bowl games, to, to your point, I, this time of year, I do think that the bowl games are, there are probably too many of them. Probably. There definitely and, are. And the sponsor, some of the sponsor names have become a little bit absurd. And I think the thing that's that's kind of curious about it, like I watched the Armed Forces Bowl, and I can't remember who was even in it this year. I don't know if Scotty remembers or not, but... It was just a couple days ago. Air Force and Baylor. Okay. There was no one there. Yeah. I mean, no one there. Like, if you... And that's the problem with... If Indiana goes to a bowl game, they're going to travel because for Indiana fans, you know, it's number one, you're getting out of the cold weather, assuming you're going to a warm weather climate. And number two, it's anomaly. You know, as an Indiana fan, it's a huge bonus, right? Like, I mean, when Indiana went to the Gator Bowl... You know, I mean, my buddy Byron drove down by himself, drove all, I mean, he met people down there, drove down to Jacksonville just to go because it was like Indiana's in a bowl game and it's in Florida. But if you are, you know, I don't know. I mean, for that matter, Arkansas or Ole Miss or Florida, like Florida playing against Oregon State in whatever bowl game that was they were in. Florida wanted like no part of being there. Oregon State's like this is the greatest thing in the history of our program. Florida's like, are you kidding me? We're in a bowl game with Oregon State. They play a chainsaw on third down. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, how many people were thirsting to go to like New Mexico State Bowling Green at Ford Field in Detroit? Like, I, that's what I'm saying. There's right. Our, our fan base is really like, I gotta get out I mean, there. Think about people in New. Me- First off, I don't know how big a fan base there even is for New Mexico State, but if you live in Clovis, New Mexico, are you fired up to to go to 20 degrees and gray Detroit, Michigan? No, not at all. Yeah, it's overkill. I mean, like I said, give me the important games. Give me the Rose Bowl. I'll take all that pageantry and everything like that. All these other ones, like I said, they're kind of background noise for the Who's most part. Who's in the Cotton Bowl? I used to always like the Cotton Bowl. Back on the New Year's Day Bowl games, when there were like five of them, the Cotton Bowl was the one I would always watch. I don't know why. Number 16, Tulane against number 10, USC. That's not bad. That's a solid one. I, I know nothing about Tulane this year other than I know that they obviously had a year where they really exceeded expectation and, you know had a good year yeah i mean there's some decent matchups and everything but yeah for the most part like those come this weekend that's when they that's the other thing about the bowl games that are and this is just the reality of today i get it but the number of players that opt out yeah that plays a big part in oh i could see this guy nope not anymore like reggie bush ain't playing like you know all those guys they're all opting out at these points which hey that more power to them they're you know self-preservation at that point but i do kind of get it where some guys are like hey i I played with this team my teammates i want to see it through but you know other guys that have higher you know nfl ceilings and all that stuff i could i i can't blame them for opting out that's within their right the coaches are able to free to leave whenever they want so players can opt out too we got no problem there by the way my mom just asked me this and i think the answer is mercifully uh thank goodness no uh, they're no longer scotty would know this are they on new year's eve they're, they don't still do the indy card drop right um i guess now i can say this i i, I never really got that like if you were going to do it like you'd have to do it like on one of the elevator shafts on the side of Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Like if they would have permanently like somehow put like a tracks on there where like it could come down that maybe. Mm-hmm. But I remember the first year they did that. It was like hanging from a crane. Yeah. Like swinging in the air. And it was like 20 feet off the ground. And then didn't it like gently touch the ground? It, it, I don't think they smashed it. Correct. Did they? No, it was like. They counted it down from like twenty, but yet like it was like it didn't move, and then like it would like drop five feet in three seconds, and then it kind of swung a little bit. And it, literally, it looked like two guys were like on a turnstile turning it. I, I I just like that was one of those things. I'm like, if you're gonna do the idea, the concept, I get, but like if you're gonna do it, you got to do it right. Yeah. And it was like it it. it it, it felt kind of like I was at a carnival and a Walmart parking lot of paoli. You know what I mean? Kind of like I, I kind of deserve what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> I mean, for real, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know what... I mean, what I think I heard the concept. I was like, oh, wow, they're going to smash it. I mean, an IndyCar, that's kind of cool. And then I heard it was like, no, they kind of like gently laid it down. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, they didn't lay it down. They had like two guys like like, like just like turning a crank. I don't know. Russell, slow down. You're cranking it too slow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tomorrow will be a Friday, so it's a freebie Friday with a Jiffy Lube um, pop quiz tomorrow. Freebie Friday. To having some fun. Freebie Friday. What did I say? I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk else. to you tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.